Battleline podcast, guys, guest-free this episode, but we get into a whole lot of different stuff because, um, you know, I'm, I'm pulling back the curtain. We recorded it already, and right now we're recording these uh, reads for top of show before we get into everything. And before we do, CBD has been extremely popular in the past year, making it more and more difficult to navigate and choose the right company and product. And I feel like I've been saying that for the past year, so it's really been popular for a few years now. And they're the best out there because their CBD is just two different ingredients and zero isolates, zero synthetic ingredients. Um, Yeah, it's just full spectrum hemp and non-GMO organic MCT oil. And I've said it before, whenever I take it, I love the taste. I've, I really enjoy that taste before I go to sleep and mellows me out. It's, it's good stuff. Yeah. I, I started taking the CBD oil. I don't know how long ago. How long has it been since when we started? We started over a year now, about a year and a half, maybe. And it really has helped me now to a point where, and I think everybody, if you continually take it and you're, and you are have a schedule with it, that I don't have to take it every day now because I'm, I'm leveled out. It's whenever I feel a little stress, I'll, I'll put some in with, and, and I'm good to go. I, I, and that's where I wanted to be. It's not something I wanted to have to rely on every day. And it did such a great job. And I think Ian can attest to it. I am in such better place now than I was when we first started this, even physically, physically as well, which has helped me with my workouts and such. So CBD oil, guys, Ned's because of what it is, because it's processed so well, because it, it is the taste. Honestly, I like the taste. Too. I, I do. I, I really do. Um, yeah. It has done changes in my life and had me a better lifestyle. And then also the immunity blend, brother, I got bottles of that. I, I, that stuff's awesome. And especially with the amount that I have traveled, even during the, even during the hibbity bibby, the COVID virus, um, I've been able to maintain, not saying it's going to do this by itself, (laughs) it's going to do it for you, but I've been healthy. And that's part of it. So the immunity blend and then also the body butter with the amount I work out. I don't use Icy Hot anymore. I don't use any of those analgesics. That's all I use and that's all I need. And it's it works the best. And my sister, who uses it religiously as well on her foot, she's she's had issues, some health issues, and she always gets pains in her in her foot because of diabetes she's had. She swears that she says it does nothing else works. And I've also heard the same thing from people that suffer from arthritis. So all their products are awesome, but me, CBD the uh, the immunity blend which is incredible and then the body butter guys it's it, it it's it's the best thing out there by far yeah i've had a couple listeners say like hey i can't take the cbd because i have to um be drug tested and un- unfortunately it does contain a minuscule amount of thc less than 0.3 percent is allowed by law and I, look i don't even drink so i was one of the first who was skeptical who was like i don't know if i want to take this stuff i don't want to get high or anything and you don't it it is not gonna put you in that place but if you have to be drug tested there's stuff on the website that you can order that you don't have to worry about that i mean i think the first thing you see on there right now is the mellow supplement the magnesium supplement that's great to take before sleep there's so many different benefits of magnesium so you could do that you could do the body butter um, if you're in that category who has to be drug tested because we do not want you to lose your job yeah. <laughs> overtaking a supplement. No. You can find other options if you're in that category. And their um, customer service is good. So if you need to ask them a question about it, you can email their customer service or text them or, or do a DM with them on their website and they'll get back to you and they'll let you know uh, if what's what you can take and what's in the what's in the product. So go ahead and shoot them. They have awesome customer service as well. Yeah. 
And if you want to check out Ned and try their CBD or any of their other great products for yourself, we have a special offer for the Battleline audience. Go to helloned.com slash Battleline, and you're going to get 15% at checkout, 15% off at checkout uh, off your first one-time order or 20% off your first subscription order. So that's helloned.com slash Battleline, or uh, just enter Battleline at checkout for all of that plus free shipping. H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D dot com slash Battleline to get 15% off your first one-time order or 20% off your first subscription order plus free shipping. Thank you, Ned. And as always, every show is sponsored by our great friends at Fort Scott Munitions. Fort Scott is a manufacturer of multi-federal patented solid copper and brass CNC spun ammunition that is designed to tumble upon impact in soft tissue leaving devastating wound channels for faster bleed-out and quicker incapacitation. It was originally developed to innovate and improve on the standard of military-grade ammunition design, and it was found that not only did the TUI outperform competitors, and that's their tumble upon impact uh, in the self-defense industry, but it quickly became apparent that it would be a top contender for hunters alike. With the ammunition being CNC spun, the tolerances are some of the tightest on the market, ensuring that you're going to receive the same results with each pull of the trigger. And Fort Scott Munitions is now available just privately throughout uh, privately owned businesses. Uh, you can check the, the dealer locator on their store uh, on the website, fortscottmunitions.com, and you're going to find somewhere near you. You just got to enter your zip code. Um, but on the website, you can buy merchandise and other stuff. Yeah. And you will get 15% off any of that when you enter Battleline at checkout at fortscottmunitions.com. Let me take a sip of water here. No worries. Hey, guys. That's, uh, I'm just going to spell it out. F-O-R-T-S-C-O-T-T-M-U-N-I-T-I-O-N-S.com. What were you saying? They're doing a giveaway right now for a uh, 6.5 Creedmoor, which if you're a long-range shooter, that's a tremendous rifle. So if you go to their website, check them out, you can sign up for their 6.5 Creedmoor Giveaway. Is this going to be good by still Monday? Uh, yeah, it's still on okay, right now. They, awesome. they, ju- they just posted it right now. Perfect. I, I'm looking at it on Instagram, guys. So, uh, yeah, they, they and that's a great 6.5 Creedmoor, guys. That's a pretty dang good gun to give away. Perfect. All right. That's that's excellent. So, yeah, go there now, fortscottmunitions.com. Offer code, promo code, uh, Battleline when you sign up. All right, let's hit it. Let's get into everything. From Omaha, Nebraska to New York City, from planet Earth to extraterrestrial life in space, a podcast with no equal, engaged in unconventional warfare through your speakers and headphones. This is a show about embracing the suck, conquering your demons, and finding God in the face of adversity. Chris Tonto Peranto. Switch is on. Motherfucker, I'm going to shoot you in the face. Ian Scotto. You know, Ian and I have been dating for a long time. You are now tuned into the Battle Line Podcast.
The Switch is on, Battleline podcast, really great response to the last episode. I really enjoyed doing that one. Uh, we went super long, but there was a lot to be said. And uh, yeah, man, what, what have you been up to? I have been, oh, this week uh, in the month, I've been home this month. This whole month was me, you know, getting the house ready to uh, to get ready to get sold, dude, here in Nebraska, since we're we're shipping out, moving out, and getting getting out to uh, getting out to. I'm not supposed to say the state, even though I've said it eight million times. But my wife, yeah, she's like, "Don't you be telling publicly where we're going." I'm like, "Okay, okay, okay." I say, it. I never said it. As far as you guys know, I've never said the state, right? <laughs> but um, not just just honeydews, man. Home and and uh, April's been really slow, but I planned it that way. I needed that break to get stuff done at home. And then May, well, as you saw, as you saw from my schedule, cause we were trying to get guest booked later in the summer, f- starting in May, I get busy as hell again. Well, Let me just spam. What I've man. seen is May isn't as crazy. June. No, June is crazy. Yeah. J- May is not as crazy. I have more. Cause battle. May, I believe you're going to be on every show. Mm. I, and the, uh, the speaking events were, it was great because they were midweek, so I won't be traveling. We're in Battle Line. I think I have one Battle Line event in uh, Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, which is already full. We have like I think we have twenty six people. We can take two more, and then twenty eight is and that's that's a huge for for training. That's a huge group. But myself and Daniel Lombard at Divide Defense and his crew, we can handle it because we that's usually what our numbers are. And Daniel, if you ever get a chance to train with Daniel Lombard at Divide Defense, dude, he's He's an awesome instructor and probably the best pistol shooter I've ever seen in my life. But um, um, but we've got that. And that's fun because going to Lake Geneva in May, man, that's like going to Lake Geneva in October. And that part of Wisconsin, if you've ever been up there to the resorts up there, uh, the Grand Geneva is the, the resort that's there. And then they have like the Holiday Inn Club resorts that are around there. It's it's worth it. I mean, it's worth to go take a vacation and take the kids up there because uh, they have a water park there right there. But also what I love, and I took my kids to it um, – when my son, my who's 16, when he was like six, we went up Wait, there. Wait, do you want Lake, me to not say the name? No, you can say Lake Geneva. You can no, you Geneva. said your son's name. Oh, crap. Sorry about edit that. Uh, I'll, I'll not, edit it out. I, you wanted my son's name. But, um, and my little girl, we they have trout farms there. And I love those because, you know, you're going to guaranteed catch a fish. And they're big, big fish because they're trout. You catch them and then they have a nice restaurant there that you take them and they cook them for you. And the kids had a blast. It's just, it's almost so though the day gets over too quick because you're catching fish too quick. And you, know, you got to pay for them by the pound because it's a trout farm so it can get expensive. But man, they loved it. And then just, just that area is beautiful because it's, it's, it's near enough to Chicago that if you want to, the, the family or the, the, the big kids, the parents want to go to Chicago for the night, they can. Um, but it's far enough away that it's still extremely rural, you know, cornfields and trees and, and the rolling hills out there in Lake Geneva. And then, like I said, the lakes out around and fishing and stuff, the water sports that are out there. So, yeah, good, so good time. T- Tontosgearlocker.com. Yeah. Just sign yep. up for that next one. Yeah. Uh, check it out. Yeah, man. You know, it's crazy. <clears throat> I, I know this is ridiculous because I've been going back and forth. I, I may, I still feel like, be moving to said state that you said may state. possibly. You, you know what it is? I'm really? going to be completely real here. Um, you know, because, I, look, everybody has their their faults and, you know, their positive yeah, aspects. Yeah. And uh, I'll be the first to say, man, especially this past year, I have just not been very good with being decisive and making a decision and, like, 
you know, ever since I've been out of Port Washington, where I was living, deciding where I want to go from here. And I think when I was younger, I don't know if you had this at all, but but I think when I was younger, I would make decisions a little too sporadically and I would come to decisions a little too quickly and and uh, not think things through. And now I'm in the stage where it's the complete opposite. And I don't think either extreme is good. I, I don't think he coined the phrase, but I remember uh, CJ Ramon when I interviewed him and I've had him on. We got to have him on at some point because not only a member of the Ramones, but also a former, uh, you know, retired Marine. Um, yeah, he he said he talked about like paralysis by analysis. And I don't I don't think it's his, it's his phrase, but he's the first person I ever heard say it. Um, I'm in that same boat, I think, where I just overthink things sometimes. And I, I the thing is, I love can I say the state? I mean, I love Florida for me. No, no you, you, Florida. you can say, you can say um, that. Heck yeah. But. And I love I love South Florida. Um, you know, it's just this is what I know. This is where I've lived uh, 32, uh, 33 of my 34 years of life. So moving somewhere else is a little bit uh, difficult, but I-, I love it there. And every time I keep coming back to it, I'm like, why don't I just go for it? So in the next few months, I- I'm going to definitely come to a decision probably around my birthday, which is two months exactly from now. Yeah, and brother, that's. I think growing up with me, I, I it, see. I it, it was a little different as far yeah, as yeah, because you went right to the army. At 18, well, I right? well, well, actually, I mean, when I I was I was went to college, I was football. So, um, you know, you get scholarships to go play, or you go walk on at a college. When you decide, you got to go. There's a date that says, "Hey, you got to show up here for spring ball," or you got to show up here for summer ball pre-workouts before fall ball so you still have some structure that says hey you need to be here at this time and so I didn't have a you know if I wanted to play football I didn't have a choice so I I picked up and now the first time I left I went to Snow Junior College which is an Ephraim Utah which is population like two uh, and they, again, these junior colleges that you go to for for guys like myself that want to get their grades up a little bit, they need to, or that need to maybe mature a little bit more before they go to a Division One school. But these are football factories, man. I mean, that's what they're there for. And Snow was a football factory for Brigham Young University, who, who, uh, who, where I wanted to go play uh, uh, eventually. Um, but yeah, it's like had a population of like three people. <laughs> No, I mean, and so I was like, okay, I know I'm not from a big city, but this is way too rural for me. Um, and yeah, I just didn't feel, it wasn't right. Like you just, like you're doing with Florida or Arizona, it just didn't feel right. Well, Florida does, it's weird. It does feel now it's right starting to feel Arizona doesn't, I think it's just being away from family and friends and all that. And part of it too is um, where you said, you know, you have to go somewhere. This is a little bit more, because yeah. for one, it's just me. You just, and yeah. now- with everything that I do, I could do from anywhere. So there's no one saying, hey, move here and we have opportunities for you. It's it's 100% on me to continue what I'm doing and hopefully grow this and all the other shows that I'm working on. Um, but I keep coming back to it, man. I mean, I, yeah, I'll tell you this real quick because I just thought it was funny. When I was looking at places in Connecticut, because um, I was like, ah, it's more affordable, it's close by. The realtor literally said to me, she's like, what made you want to move here? And it, it got me in my head. I was like, why would I want to move Why do here? I want to You know what I mean? Like, Florida is awesome. There's fun things going on. The weather is amazing. The weather, yeah. Yeah, and um, New York especially is not what it once was. Yeah. And these areas, the surrounding areas, if, unless you want to live in the city, which is a lot cheaper right now, but I don't, um, there's just not a whole lot going on, you know? And and I, I don't know. I love that state. So I'm, I'm definitely going to give it another look. and But at some point, I got to come to a decision. And uh, 
I've uh, I will be the first to point out my flaw. I haven't been good on that right now of just deciding on something and sticking with it. Well, and that's where you just you just have to do it. Um, and if you make the mistake, like I did with with snow, uh, I just I, I you know I actually I dropped out. I, I before school even started, I quit football. I was like, I'm not playing. I don't want to be here. I'm not having fun. And I went back home and I went to school for a semester at Mesa College where I. It was terrible. I, I funked out. <laughs> you can see I like, failed. Um, but that got the, you know, and that, that it, that's the worst case scenario, guys, that can really happen. But um, what that did is it motivated me because I still wanted to play football. So I wrote a, wrote a letter to uh, Coach in Dixie at Dixie Junior College because now I really have to get my grades up. I, I don't qualify for any four-year school because my first semester, it was it was, it was straight up like a – I was like Animal House, Bluto. It was like zero point minus one zero grade point average. Um, but uh, – Is it because you just didn't try? I just didn't go. I didn't I didn't care. You know, I was like, ah, I no, I didn't go to school. Yeah, I, I, you know, I was one of those guys out on the couch. You know, I had lived in an apartment there and we sit on the couch and mock the people going to school while we're drinking. Yeah, you know, <laughs> on the couch in the front yard of our – of our apartment complex um but um it, it motivated me like okay i i cannot be like this and so i wrote a letter to dixie uh junior college uh, the coach there and st george utah is is you know it's it's right by las vegas it's still small for me because i again i'm not from a big city so i didn't want to go to a huge university it it, it literally intimidated me just a little bit it, it did because the 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 visits i did out of high school to brigham young and then the university of colorado which i got recruited by out of high school the the size of the university and even the size of some of the players intimidated me, even though I wasn't really a small guy for football. I mean, I was five, nine football. Yeah. yeah. At the position I was playing, I was five. I I was five, 10 guys. You shrink every Ranger shrinks about an inch or two. And once they get in, I was five, 10, 185 pounds, which is a, Good, but I didn't see myself. Which, if it's true, you really did shrink. Because I did. No, I did. Shrink. I even posted the picture yesterday yeah. on Instagram of you and I back in the um, temporary studio for Well Cow, and I am taller. Than You're you. taller. Five, no, I'm I, five ten. No, I. I every Ranger. At, you can ask Leo. Ask ask Ginger. <laughs> ask Ginger Man. At, every one of us shrinks, and, and that's Luke. Luke, guys. Uh, Luke, Luke oh, Ryan. I was wondering. I was like, yeah. Is that no, that's that, that's Opie Cunningham. That's that's less gin, lay Ginger Ginger Robles. Yeah, yeah lay Ginger Robles. But um, every one of us, we we all shrink if we've been in long enough. And it is. It's the, it's the job. The compression of the spine. You get hunched over a little bit. The jumps. But anyway, um, no. I, but you're walking around. I remember going walking around the University of Colorado during our visit. And seeing a guy by the name of Eric Bieniemy, who was a who played professional football, he was their main running back. This is when the University of Colorado was like you know they were a powerhouse. They had Cordell Stewart. Before that, they had uh, Sal Anisi. You know, uh, rest his rest his soul there. Um, but they they uh, they had got they were they were awesome. They were like a, a number one ranked team um, in the nation. Or always and you know Eric wasn't big. He was like five seven, but he was like his thighs were this. And you know I'm like oh my I, I I'm not. That's not me. And, and I, I was big enough, but in my head, I was, I can't do this. And BYU is the same thing. I was like, I actually got offered a scholarship out of high school to go play at BYU by Coach Coach Edwards, uh, which was awesome. And I, to me, I, it didn't register that he wanted me because I wasn't sure of myself. And I actually said, no, I, I need to get, you know, I need to to get bigger. And, and I was like, oh my God. My dad looked at me and goes, you're an idiot. What He just offered you a scholarship. <laughs> and it didn't register to me because I was not didn't have the confidence that I could play at a D1 school. Anyway, 
going to a junior college, got Dixie after leaving Snow, and I wrote a letter to to Snow, and I said, hey, uh, I mean, I wrote a letter to Dixie, Coach Croshaw, and it's in a warmer climate. St. George is, is, is warm. You know, it's, it's actually very hot in the summer, but it's, it's a nicer, warmer place. Um, and they were another powerhouse school. And I, I just, uh, I got accepted to go walk on there and try for a scholarship because, you know, all my scholarships I would have had, I lost by my grades and I didn't attend their colleges, respective colleges. But, um, I got there brother. And like I said, it just felt right. I got out of my, I mean, I got packed all my stuff in a car, um, luckily for me, you know, because of the football team, he, they managed where I was going to live. We had dorms, football dorms, where all the athletes lived in the dorms there. So I had a dorm. Granted, I didn't have any scholarships, so I got to pay for it. Luckily, my, my parents are paying for some of it. I got some financial aid that I filled out the paperwork for. And I got there, I got out of the car, and, and it just felt right. Yeah. And from there on out, I mean, I did, I got the scholarship during the summer. I, um, I, I, I remember doing very well, and, and I, I think I was a better football player my freshman year than I was my senior year. But again, it's just get out, and it feels right, and everything rolled. And I did, honestly didn't want to leave St. George. I love Dixie. I had so much fun there. Football team was awesome. My grades were, you know, I could have worked harder, but I, I got a B average, and I wasn't really that sounds even— sounds good to me. Yeah, I wasn't—and I wasn't really even trying because I hate school. I hate it. I do, too. <laughs> yeah, I hate it. <laughs> Um, unless unless I'm very interested in something, you know, that's really what it all, all boils down to. If I'm really interested in something, I could immerse myself. But if I'm not, yeah, it's very hard for me to concentrate but, on it. But that's where the thing is, is what you're doing now is what I did with Dix is, is I, I was still unsure if I should go. But you still had to take that step, man. You got to do so it. Many, there's so many incentives, too. It's like if you and I are in said same state. You know, you and I could do this in studio at yeah. times, yeah. like regularly, which would be really cool, you know, and more and more people are moving out there and, and doing different things out there that we could get people in studio. I would love to do all that. And then also the tax incentives, since yeah. everything is yeah. now through my own incorporation. Um, it just it just makes sense. But you know what I wanted to ask you, because we always say we're going to get to this stuff on the show and then we have to bring on guests. So we don't really get to it in depth. Um, for a lot of people wondering, like who haven't been to a battle line tactical course and are wondering like what to expect there's, as you know, there's so many people in the community who are doing what you're doing and it's, it's gotten very saturated, but a lot of instructors are great. I mean, Pat McNamara, we had on, uh, I would love to get Jeff Gonzalez on Navy seal who does similar things as you, but, um, you know, we've had the guys on who work with you like Ben Morgan and Benny Glossop, and we'll have them on again at some point. But like, what is it in particular that you feel people are going to get out of Battleline Tactical Course that they won't yeah. get anywhere else? Well, I, first of all, I, I'm not a big proponent of standing and shooting. I, I mean, you, and you can get that anywhere. And there's tremendous standing and shooting shooters. I call them range shooters. They are, they're range. And a lot of them are, are, are tacticians as well. But they teach just to stand, draw, punch out, target, shoot. And shoot as fast as you can or get down, to, get your, what do we call a draw stroke. Get it as fast as you can, fast as you can. To me... With my experience, that's not realistic as far as what you will most likely have to deal with out in if if forever, God forbid, and there's a like a point nine nine percent chance you will. And I said point nine, not ninety nine, but point nine percent chance you ever will have to to, to draw your weapon uh, unless you're you know unless you're at a job that requires it to do so uh, or in the military, which again a job that you're overseas. 
Um, that's not realistic. Uh, to stand there, it, it, what it reminds me of is the old Wild West movies where they're drawing their guns at 12 o'clock noon. You know, hey, meet me out here. We're going to do it. And it's a quick draw race. Um, it does build that kind of, of, of shooting. You, you do need at the beginning because you do need to get used to your weapons handling to be safe um, and to know, uh, you have know, situational awareness of your muzzle and so forth. But what I want to do a battle line, and this is what I enjoyed, and I'm just doing what I enjoyed, and what was best when I started to get better at fighting, gunfighting per se, not gunfighter, like I said, not the 12 o'clock noon, okay, corral, gunfight where, hey, draw at noon, and, but the actual moving and shooting and have, making decisions is that I, I like to be able to add the, the exercise into it, the movements, the stress. I call them stress fires, um, which is what we do rundowns, running from 200 meters to the 100 and shooting. Then running from the 100 after you've done that and shooting two rounds, having to change your magazines on the move. So I'm only giving you a minimum number of rounds. So you have to change your magazines. Why you're also trying to find your target, why you're also running to the point that you have to stop at, which is just designated by a little cone that you have to find, get off your gun to look for it. Because that's what makes you a better gunfighter. And if you're going to have to address a threat, whatever it may be, whether it be in a parking lot at Kroger, whether it be in your house, whether it be, um, uh, you know, whether it be in your front yard, which again, I hope you never have to, your brain has to keep working. And what happens when you get to that static shooting where you're just shooting and drawing, shooting and drawing, and again, you're, you're, you're really maintaining action and some speed, your brain stops to work. It just is focusing on standing still. Looking at a short, looking at a small dot or card or whatever, and and shooting. Now, granted, we do those at the beginning. I, they're great to warm up on, and it doesn't build speed. It, it builds some uh, some weapons uh, manipulation handling. It helps to to get used to where all your your gears and if it's set up correctly. But once we get done with that in the morning, I call it, those are our calisthenics. All right, we do that. Then it's moving. It's moving. It's moving from position to position. I've I have one which we do these stress fires. Every stress fire that we do this year, at the end of it, after all day of running, what I'll do is I'll have you run down, do a run down from a two hundred meter uh, range where you're going from uh, line to line, two hundred to one hundred to fifty to twenty five to seven, addressing threats, making sure that you're hitting in some small areas. Which again we look for accuracy. But then once that's done, then heading right into a makeshift. Uh, makeshift room where you have to clear the room and there's multiple targets in a room because that's realistic that to me is is what you need to be good at because when you're breathing hard and when you're you're sweating and the gun's slippery because I don't care how what kind of grip you have on a gun if you have sweaty hands it's going to get slippery no matter how much stippling is on or stippling is on the gun uh, which means the little raised areas that make it rough like sandpaper um, it's going to get slippery and then going into a room and having to address threats and non-threats because I think we do a lot of these room clearing drills where we only have a bad guy in the room um, and you have to make it where it's not that way where it's bad guys and good guys so you have to think where's that target can I shoot now or do I have to move because if I shoot that bullet's going to go through the bad guy and hit the hit my daughter or hit my son and, and it's things you have to think about because that's realistic that's to me is what people need to get out of it and when I teach a course too, what I want, what I'm trying to do, and 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 um, is also, I want to teach these people. So if I ever have to grab them off the street to help me, I'm comfortable with that person. That's what I'm looking for. It's like, hey, 
Can I grab you? You ready to go? Do you know what you're doing? Oh yeah, okay, you do. Let's go. We need to go. We need, I need some help here. Or another thing too, and this is what we always preach at the beginning before all you gun haters and 2A, anti-2A people out there start hitting. I up, highly you know, doubt okay. those people I listen know, to I our thought, podcast. <laughs> but if you ever, if you are on there before you're, oh my gosh, he's looking for a gunfight. We always, always, and we hammer at home. If there is a way out, find that way out first. The gun is the last option. Every time it is the last option. You do not want to be in a gunfight. If there is an avenue of way that you can get out of that situation, then go that way. Take that path. Don't look for the fight. Um, this is if you have no other option. And it's in the saving of, you know, maybe it's and most of these people that are coming is probably if they're gonna address it, it's it's gonna be a home. A home defense issue. It's going to be something where they have a threat trying to enter their home or it's already in their home or they're with their family out and about and they need to address address it. And you have to be able to think. You have to have your mind to be able to, to be able to continue to work. You can't go what we call instinctive. I don't think they're so instinctive to instinctive means your brain has stopped working. That can never happen. Your brain has to continue to work. And the only way you can do that at a range is do dynamic movements and give thing people multiple things to look at, not just targets, but I, I, also cones on the ground that you have to stop at, which means you have to get off your gun to look for it because it's so low and getting small cones. So you got to look down um, and also the uh, also running with buddy teams. So you're looking at people right and left of you because you have to maintain your situational awareness because you don't want to shoot somebody that doesn't need to be shot. First of all, that's manslaughter. You're going to jail. Uh, second of all, that's terrible weapons handling. And it's something as a gun responsible gun owner and a gun instructor that I want to harp on that that muzzle doesn't cover anything that you won't want to shoot or kill. And you got to get to that space where and if you're not able to pull your eyes off the gun for a second and find out what's going around, going on around you in situational awareness, you're just focused on that muzzle and focused on that site and focused on that target then you're going to have an accident because you're not going to see ian scotto all of a sudden running away from a gunshot he runs in front of your muzzle and i can't i can't adjust my muzzle because i'm not quick enough to see him out of my peripheral vision because i'm so focused on the target and so focused on that muzzle and when you're doing the standing and shooting that builds that training scar of i'm just focused on what's in front of me i'm just focused on that now granted granted there are we do we, we do preach dot torture, which means shooting dots over and over and over, smaller dots and smaller dots over and over again, because you do have to have accuracy as well and speed as well. Getting your draw stroke where it's smooth. It doesn't have to be super, just like where it's all that herky-jerky, super fast YouTube, ah, just so it's smooth and you're efficient. Um, but then we also, actually, we always add, I did, I love adding movement, Um Step and then also throwing obstacles in the way where you have to step over tires, you have to step over a, a lock, you have to uh, like a, a railroad tie, which would simulate a curb in a street. Um, putting vehicles in your way where you have to use using vehicles as cover, utilizing where the best points of cover on a vehicle, having to move around it, um, and, and so forth. It's it just taking it to the next level that I learned to help me from instructors that were better than I ever will be that taught me this is what we need to do for and yes it was for a job that was on a level you know it was on a tier whatever one of you a tier one level job whatever you want to call it um but 
why not teach the normal populace the same things? Because it's, it's the best way to, to be a safe, responsible shooter if you're going to carry. Not just standing at the OK Corral and drawing on Doc Holiday and shooting static, you know, standing static and just shooting targets on a uh, targets or dots on a on a uh, on a piece of cardboard or a or a target stand. Um, so that's why I tell people there, there are people there are shooters out there that are can get to their gun and draw faster than me. There are I, I am not the fa- not the fastest drawer out there, but I can do all that on the move. And I can think on the move, and I could, and that was not because I'm so good at it. It's because I was taught that way, and continually reiterated how to do that. Reiterated by instructor saying you got to be able to move and shoot and think and move and shoot and think at the same time and make decisions and and get to a point where you can just draw your gun out, take a shot, and then also after you see those guys go down, move to the next point of point of reference and take another shot. And it really did helped me down range and especially even that night was specific it was very easy it was very easy just to shoot get off go to the next target very easy to shoot move off and get to the next target and i was always comfortable with the, my weapons handling changing magazines even with the with the mark 46 you know used to that putting the belt fit, uh the belt on the uh, on the tray and and re-engaging and, and being able to put the drum on the 46 which without thinking about it engaging uh, and it's got to be to that point, but standing and shooting is just not something that a battle line that, that we, we do a lot of as far as courses, unless it's, we'll do, we'll run a basic pistol course every once in a while, maybe a basic rifle course every once in a while. They're, they're, they're good for novices, but once you start getting that down, you got to start moving to where you're doing dynamic movements, where you're learning how to shoot and move <laughs> in the military shoot move and communicate gotta be able to shoot move and communicate shoot like one of my old drill sergeants used to say shoot move and communicate um because that's that's what's going to help you if god forbid you ever in a situation that you decide to draw your weapon uh, and use it that we're being your best we're putting your putting your best foot forward for success setting you up for success standing and shooting is not going to set you up for success if that's all you do but that is part of getting to the next level. And uh, I said, yeah, you're, there are tremendous instructors out there that do that and teach it well. And, uh, and, but once you're comfortable with that, you need to move to where you're getting uncomfortable. And that's with that physical activity. And you and I are both fitness buffs. It's huge. It's huge. Shooting is, is a sport. And it can be extremely athletic and extremely valuable for your fitness. And... and once you get on the range and I have you running around, you can actually see the difference between your accuracy because you're breathing so hard and also your fitness levels. Yeah. And I, you know, it's funny. It's, it's interesting. You say that because the, the, when I bought a shotgun, which I, I'll be honest, I'm not like a big shooter. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not very uh, into that whole world. I, I respect it. It's just not a huge hobby of mine. Um, but the guy who taught me, you know, the basic stuff that I knew, because I just wanted to get an sure. instructor just yeah, knew yeah. What the, to know what the hell I was doing. And this was prior to working with guys like you. So it wasn't like, oh, I had, you know, yeah, yeah. lots of yeah. military friends who could show me. <laughs> the NRA instructor showed me, you know, if he happens to ever hear this, like very, <laughs> he was a nice guy, you know, and he definitely knew he was very, uh, showed me everything very slowly. But just being honest, not an in shape guy, you know, and I feel like a lot of those NRA instructors 
they would not do well in a situation where they, where, where they'd have to move around at a fast pace. And, and, and no, they wouldn't. And, and a lot of instructors, you can because they get that. That's a niche. There is a need for the basic to show. Hey, this is what the gun. This is how you break it down. It's important. That's how I learned. I learned that in the military. Our first thing to do was we laid out a uh, uh, we laid out what we call a blown out M16, which means it was completely taken apart on this table sheet and we put it all the parts that you needed to know the main parts the bolt carrier housing group the the bolt itself the charging handle everything it was all taken apart laid down it's important to learn how to break your weapon down so you know the functions it gives you not not so you can be tested on it which we were tested on it later at ranger school you go through the blindfolded stuff you do all that you really do you blindfold it can you put it together it's, it's just like the movies but it's to get confident in the weapon system so you know it but also know how to clean it that's you know and that's that's the nra that's that is the nra that's that's the basics that's the and they may hate me for no no because i'm an nra certified instructor on on a pistol and rifle on handgun and rifle um granted i've let it expire because i could care less you just don't need it yeah but i i really i really i mean i really don't um uh but you know but that was what you get taught is is the basics and when i started teaching at blackwater you know you start with the basic pistol course here's your pistol here's how you break it down here's how you here's how you here's how you line up your sight you know the fundamentals of marksmanship here's how you line up your sights here's how you here's your stances and at that time the stance was weaver or isosceles which now it's it's you can you modify those um uh, you need to have a modified or athletic stance, I think is what I what I call it now. And what a lot of us guys, I didn't coin the phrase, uh, somebody else did, but I, I, I like it because I, I think it's correct. An athletic stance um, to to be a gunfighter. Um, so, but in the beginning it was, we I learned, you know, that's what we taught the same way. It was basics, basics, basics. But then when we started to move, and this is when I got to range, you know, I was at range battalion as well. Um, and I got out, I was like, well, this isn't helping me learn how to move and shoot and do everything at the same time. And I just had to figure it out on my own with some good instructors down the line. As I started to get more into it, I got really good instructors that started to teach me uh, the ins and outs. And then when you went through the vetting courses, the tryout courses for the particular uh, government contracts, you had to know how to do all that stuff or you'd get booted. A lot of guys did get booted because of their weapons handling, because they, they weren't situation aware. They didn't know where their muzzle was. They, they, they flagged, which means they, they crossed their muzzle in front of a good guy and they flagged somebody. And, you know, and, and those courses that we went through, those vetting courses, just, if you did that twice, you were kicked out. And it's, 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 I mean, it's get to the point where it's, 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 it's where if you flag, it's not flagging somebody on the back too. You can flag somebody's foot. And if an instructor sees it, he's like, okay, that's a gig. And I saw guys kicked out for that, like coming down and coming to this, what we call a low carry, coming down to a low ready, then a low carry, which is law enforcement teaches that big time. And it, we're, it's, it's, it's dangerous. Um, but coming down to this low ready and then low carry positions, you, you have the tendency to sweep your buddies. You will sweep them on their lower extremities. And that is just as bad as sweeping somebody up near the head or sweeping somebody up in their in their vital organs, their heart, their 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 kidneys, their liver and so forth. And, um, you know, and I had to learn the hard way by watching others get kicked out of courses or before I figured out, OK, this is what we need to do. And, and it helped, I was helped by also by a guy named Mike Haynes, who was a Doc Haynes, who was a, one of the SEAL. He was a SEAL. He was a fellow instructor that ran, helped me run the uh we called the TDC, TDC train up course 
at Blackwater before guys went to go for the GRS vetting. And he taught me a lot. He was a great instructor. And, uh, and uh, yeah, and it was tremendous working with him. So I learned a lot from him as well. But uh, it, so- it sounds like when you came up with the Battle Line Tactical Course, it's like an amalgam of all these different, um, yeah. or the words amalgam. I mean, uh, I said amalgam. An amalgam. I think <laughs> amalgam. Yeah. Of all these different, you know, great people that you've worked with and then coming together with Benny and Ben and the other guys. And uh, the quote I always like to use, and it sounds like what you did, is, is that Bruce Lee quote of uh, absorb what is useful, discard what's discard useless, what, add exactly. what's uniquely your own. So it sounds like along the line, you learned a lot of stuff and you said, OK, I'm going to incorporate this into my own thing or this doesn't really fit it doesn't what I'm fit. doing. Exactly. exactly. And, and say it, Bruce Lee, it's funny because I've read all growing up. I read all his books. I love, I love the Jeep. I, I mean, he had so yeah. much wisdom. Yeah. And and the books were. I still got all my old original Bruce Lee. The little remember the little eight by eight books I had each of each individual, and then I had the big Jeet Kune Do book. But uh, Ranger Battalion is like that as well, though. It's, it's I, I don't think we ever invented anything at Ranger Battalion. We just pull things from other groups, and we had these things called con skills, where guys would go out to different units or different private instructors, and we would. This was like a for a month, and we would go learn from all these different different people or different units, whether it be Jerry Barnhart, who's a tremendous firearms instructor, uh, uh, or going to Delta and learning stuff from them, or going to 10 Special Forces or 1st Special Forces Group and learning water filtration or doing anything like that. And then we'd come back and we'd teach each other. And that's kind of where it got from. It was like, man, Range of Battalion, we really never invented anything. We just took the best from everybody and we put it all together. And we're still doing that. Rangers still do that. And that was so it was reiterated there, reinforced there. But yeah, initially, yeah, Bruce Lee was like, yeah, take what I like, what I don't like, then, and what I don't think works for me, then that's what I'm not going to use. But that's where I get with Battle Line. You may come to the course and be like, man, this really isn't for me. I don't, I'm not, I, I don't want to learn this way. That's fine. But it sounds like it sounds like no matter what, someone will get something from what I, you, you guys. I, w- I would hope. No, you Because <laughs> all do. three of you come from, you, you know, Benny is not even a military guy. He comes from his own unique background. Yeah, yeah. So I would think that there's got – I would think something's wrong if you learn from the three of you primary guys and you don't get anything out of it. I would say that's strange. Uh, you know, I, and that's – I guess I think it's just, just being humble but also, hey – I've been around great instructors where I didn't enjoy. They were on paper or, or by word. They said, oh, this guy's awesome. And I went to his course or, and I was like, God, I really didn't care for it. But Not yeah, even but, one thing? But, I, but I no, no, like no, you're right. No, no, I did. No, you're right. Because yeah. I feel like with every everything with that, there's, you know, I, I remember when I had to take a um, defensive driving course. And, and, you know, I remember actually the instructor said, like, uh, if you just get like one thing out of, you know, the three to five hours, however long I, I spoke today. Perfect. You know, and there's still like two things that I incorporate into my everyday driving now that I, I didn't think of before. You're, you're right. It made me a better driver. And we do say that, that, yeah, just hopefully get one thing out of our course. And I, you're right. Every course I've been through, I've picked up one thing, good or bad. I picked it up and utilize it through it. And I'd say, throw it in your kit bag. I'll utilize, use it for later. So yeah, you're right. I, I would think they would, but if you don't like our teaching style, you want to go with somebody else. Cause we don't have that bravado. That's one thing I, I pride ourselves on at battle line. I've always hit, I don't want the machismo male hormone therapy, you know, out there, oh, 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 kill every, oh, 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 you know, that's not what we do. 
Yeah. I, I, we never want, and Benny's not like that. Ben, of course, no. you've talked about him. Ben's not yeah, like that. Yeah, talked both. They're both, yeah. you could tell, great guys. They're, and Jer- Jeremy Mitchell comes out and helps us. In, Jeremy's one, awesome, too. Jeremy's he's actually just texting with Jeremy. Is, he's tremendous. And then, and, the, and that's why we pair ourselves up with ranges that we believe have that same sort of mindset, whether it be in Chicago or Lake Geneva with, with Daniel Lombard at Devon Defense. When we go down to Defender Outdoors, they're in Fort Worth. When we work work with uh, at Shreveport, we work at down at, at their range in, in Shreveport with Chad over there. Um, it's a mindset of, hey guys, we're just we want to teach you. There's no bravado here. There's no intimidation. We all make mistakes. That's why I love shooting with people too. It's like when well, I'll get on the line and I'll actually demo the drills and then I'll do the drills with them because they'll see every once in a while. Hey, I'll throw around we're all human and i want that to be hey guys that just means we all need to continue to work this is a perishable skill but also hey man we all make mistakes every once in a while just be safe with your weapon system and it makes people relax so they're not because you don't want to be like oh and i'm gonna give them the tense face guys that the the, you know that you the 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 pain scale face where you don't want to do the number 10 pain scale be like this because that's when accidents happen and and that's if there's anything that is different, I know different, besides the dynamic training, besides our training style, besides what we like to focus on, it's that it's fun. We smile. We laugh. Say, yeah. we, we have a good time. And it resonates into the training. Pers- and Because that's when I learned the best was just being relaxed. Now, if we were doing a vetting course or I was doing a tryout course where you had to pass certain skills to become a grs operator to become a ranger to become whatever yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna kick the shit out you because that's that's different and you get instructors that are like wait a second don't you have to instill fear in people don't you have to put the stress on them not by yelling at them that's not that's not what they pay unless they unless they pay for a course because they want you to yell at them which some of you crazy crazy people do you you have those courses there's yeah there's there, if there's something for everybody in terms of that type, it is. It is, but it's it's. But it, the thing is, brother, is that we we don't. We, and I think that's why we get such a wide uh, wide range of ages and people that come in our Florida course. I'm going to post a picture of her. We have a, a we. She was in her upper seventies. Um, oh wow! Oh, and she came to the stress far course, and and we we tailor. She's not going to be able to run the 200 meters, but I can still have her move 50 meters down. Her and her husband came. She was awesome, and she loved it. And I'm, I, I, I think I, I was the best compliment that I've received was from her husband, who came up after to me and says, "He goes, this, you guys were tremendous. You guys are the nicest individuals. You taught us. You were so respectful." He goes, "He was from the villages there in Florida. If you don't know what the villages is in Florida, that's like that's a whole, a whole community in itself. Tremendous people over there." But he says, he says, you know, you, you, you're, you, we don't, we've never been to. He said, we've never been to a course where we've been treated so well, and we learn in turn learn so much that you were worked with us. And he says, all you guys, Benny, Ben, and yourself, and that says a lot because I do. I, I shooting shouldn't just be for the people that are that that you know that are free of injuries or that have or that you know are, are on the mill hormone therapy i can't it was jobs i can't stand that um or that are are the tough guys that that want to carry a gun and 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 because i, I want to have the next civil war whatever you guys are thinking or, or just it's not for it's for 
everyone and everyone needs to be involved within the 2A community. Also, what all, what it does first, it shows that the 2A community is full of good people. Unlike what some of the media want to spin, that there were just gun-toting, gun-haters that won a war. We're not at all. In fact, the majority of us are not. We don't want any of that. But gun to- it, you, Wait. You, gun, said you said gun toting gun haters. Gun, gun toters and or gun toters. Um, what are not gun? Did I say they wouldn't that? be gun haters? Yeah, gun, gun, gun lovers. The gun haters. <laughs> okay, yeah, we, we're not a bunch of the hate hateful you, people. Hateful I, I, people. I get what you mean. Hey, that's why I have you here. You're my editor. I get going. <laughs> but it, it just it shows that to, it, it brings people into the gun community that normally wouldn't be coming to the gun community because they don't want to be around that type of attitudes. They don't want to yeah, be it, around that. You've really trained everybody, honestly, like when I just see between the stories and the pictures, like elderly women, handicapped, everybody. That's pretty cool to see. Yeah, that's why at some point, I know I mentioned him, I'd love to get Jeff Gonzalez on, um, you know, and talk firearm stuff, because I don't know if you've seen, he's he's trained uh, Alex Jones, and he was like, Alex is a friend of mine, I'd love to hear like what it's like training Alex Jones on the range. Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure he's extreme, Alex... I I yeah I would consider Alex a friend. He is. I I think. But you've never shot with him. But I've never shot with him. But I'm and Jeff sure, Gonzalez has. I'm sure. <laughs> I, it, I would be shocked if Jess said he was an asshole on the range. I can no. I highly that. doubt it because yeah. he even said he's a friend of mine. He's a great guy. And I bet he's respectful and listens to him and does what he's told. Um, what you find out with because when you do get personalities, so we've had personalities come to the battle line courses before. Um, what you find out is you see that they open up and and you see. If they did have any arrogance, it sl- it goes away, and they become students. It's it's awesome to see they become they they actually I oh, and they get excited and they start talking a million miles an hour, and it's like oh man. And if they make them the thing that's funny is if they make a mistake, they will always even though you you're not asking for an excuse, you don't want a reason. They will always <laughs> provide you an excuse of why they did something wrong, and it's I mean, but. Normally, it's correct. They're giving you, hey, I, I, so really, those people, I'm sure Alex is the same way. Whenever he missed a shot, I'm sure in his head, because of his success, because he, he works hard, he, he does, it, it translates to the, to the range. He probably said everything he did wrong once he did that mistake, whether he pulled the trigger too hard, whether he didn't look down his sights and the round went some way. And he, he was able to call out his mistakes. And that's what I tell people all the time when we come to the battle line courses. Once you're able to do that, you're on your way to improving because now you're correcting yourself. Self-correction is what, as a coach or an instructor, you want the individual to be. You want them to be able to put you out of work because they don't need you because they can go to the range and they can start correcting themselves. And people like Alex Jones, who are motivated, who are obviously successful because they're motivated, because they like hard work, because they're critical of themselves, which I'm sure he is behind the closed doors. I I, I know he is. Um, they get better because they're all at the range constantly brother going when they shoot saying okay this is what i did wrong but they got to let everybody know <laughs> what they yeah, did yeah. wrong which which is cool with me I, I enjoy that i'm like i i said when people start doing that especially guys like alex jones or, or the the figures that come to our courses um figures per se uh is is that they they their their ability to already start making corrections on their own, but that's their mindset. To me, that's a good mindset to have. Not the excuses, but I'm fixing myself. And as an instructor, I love seeing people doing that because it's like, dude, you you got it. You're already calling your shots. That's what we want you to get you to, where you know as soon as you break that trigger, you know that round's either dead on, dropping to the seven o'clock, dropping to the five o'clock, dropping to the nine, three, and why? And you can, because your body starts feeling that. That's when those habitual movements start to kick in. So 
when shit hits the fan, you start doing things correctly because your body's already knowing exactly what the feeling is that it goes through when it hits right on the target. And that's called habitual movements. People call that instincts. Again, no. Instincts say your brain's not working. Your brain is always working. It just depends on how well it's working based off how you can handle the stress and the duress. So, yeah, I, yeah, I, man. yeah I, I'd like to hear it. But again, don't bring me wrong. I'll kick people in the balls if, if they want to have a course where you want me to, because that's what I did at Blackwater for the GRS vetting. I would get up in the morning and I would PT with the with the students. I there was I, I'm gonna get one story. One story here. I yeah, go it, for it. Go um, for it. We had a what I would do is is I would show up in the morning as an you know GRS instructor. I wouldn't tell them I was. They had no idea who the instructor was. Now these are all guys that are special ops guys because you had to have six years of special operations to be able to apply for GRS. There were exceptions based off who you knew or if you're working on a static contract, but. Generally, these were SEALs, recon Marines, force recon Marines or the Raiders, uh, Rangers, SF, uh, some unit guys. So they would come in the night before. I stayed out on the private training center out at Blackwater. So I stayed. I they, they didn't know who I was. I was way away. So when we had PT in the morning, Mike would show up as the instructor and I would come in my PT clothes and I would blend in like I was a student and we would do the PT test together. And, and at the end, it was a two as a mile and a half run. Now at that time, I could fly. I I mean, I was very very. I could I could run. I could still fly. I, I still probably could run a five minute, five fifteen minute mile. So these guys didn't know I was an instructor. So you come in, and all these guys, uh, their chest, their bravado. I'm tough, badass, and uh, I do the PT test with them, and you know, push ups, sit ups, dummy, easy piece of cake. Then we get out and do the mile and a half run, and. Uh, I, I could, I, and I'm, again, it's, I'm not, <laughs> I would smoke them. I would, I was a good runner. Um, and so when I came back, they'd all be standing around and you'd hear them talking and you'd hear them jaw and like, oh man. And then I would pull the file away from Mike and I'd say, all right, guys, I'm your lead instructor for the, and it would set the tone. It would set the tone like, hey, all right, this guy's the, first of all, he's in shape. Second of all, I, running is a huge, is a huge barometer uh for students uh as far as uh toughness it really is even for me if i see somebody that can fly i know that guy's mentally tough but it was set up this barometer like hey i'm not going to take any shit all right and i want to hear how badass you guys are because i just smoked y'all on this damn mile and a half run in this pt test all right so right from here on out do what i say do what i do what i tell you to do do what mike tells you to do if you fail something we'll give you a next try if you fail it again you're out and it set the tone right there and I didn't even have to yell because it was, hey, hey, motherfuckers, I know y'all are badass, but you ain't as badass as you think you are. And But that thing's also saying is that I had to keep myself in extremely good shape because if I didn't win, then, all right, well, that didn't work. Now I got to go to plan B, which there was one guy that, that was really close that kept up with me, and he was a great runner. His name's Pete Dordle, and he was a great operator. He got to Juris. I worked him downrange. He runs uh, Garda World's program now. He's a VP of Garda World, which is one of the biggest security operations in the world. And uh, and he was a recon marine. Uh, he was close. He he was he was. I, I I was tailing him to the last half mile. Then I took off. But again, that was one of the guys where I even asked him at the end. He go, he goes, that was brilliant because I didn't even know who you were, and you really set the tone for the class to hey, listen to what you have to say. Because uh, and I respected that. He said that later when we were working in Kabul on the GRS contract together. And I still have a lot of respect for Pete because Pete is a huge success story, not just as a Marine but as a businessman later in life. And he actually 
uh, was in Yemen at the time when I was there too. We, we'd wow. go, we'd go hook up for lunch at the local hotel there in Yemen and, and talk, but, uh, it, no, it's, 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 there, there is a time and I tell instructors out there, there is a time to yell and get on people or to push people past their limits. Um, or to, hey, try to vet them to make them quit. Open enrollment courses are not that unless they're structured to be that way. And you have to say and market it. This is a kick in the nuts. <laughs> we, we are here to smoke you, yell at you, and, and, and beat you into the dirt. But in the end, you know, a lot of those and corporations love those courses. They do. Because in the end, it brings the teams together. The suck, bracing the suck. The suck always brings groups together. And uh, anyway, that that's my one story of, of my Blackwater days as a as a instructor for the OGA program, and that was a tremendous experience because trying to instruct, trying to be an instructor for guys that have already accomplished a lot of them have already been on multiple deployments to Iraq and Afghanistan. Guys, I mean these guys are all special operations guys. Um, it's a different mindset uh, than going and doing the open enrollment, but it made me a better open enrollment instructor because. Now I can come down and, and be an actual instructor without having to yell and 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 to know the difference of when when who do you yell at what people want to be yelled at what people want to be pushed and have that duress pulled up to them because you're in their ear and then what others aren't going to respond to that and that makes just makes you a better well-rounded instructor I I think in my opinion but I could be yeah right. <laughs> no that's awesome man I could tell that you still have a passion for this all these years later and that, and that's what it's all about. Um, with that, we do have a few emails we could get to. Hey guys, we're just jumping in here to tell you about a great company that, that I've been actually doing stuff with for a while now. If you're dreaming of a news service that doesn't also tell you how to interpret current events, try 1440. Instead of cleverly crafted messaging and media narratives, 1440 provides an impartial view of what's happening in the world so readers can form their own conclusions. Scouring hundreds of sources each day, 1440 delivers news with breadth plus depth, thoughtfully curated by experts in a single morning briefing straight to your inbox. 1440 believes news is not about proving one side is right, and that should inspire objective conversation that helps you navigate the world around you. While this may sound lofty, the goal is to empower readers so they can lead better, well-informed, more productive lives. And the thing that I love about them, um, as opposed to like AP News, I mean, AP News is kind of what a lot of people go to for um, for objective news without opinion. Uh, they do do opinion articles, but I'm talking about when they just do straight news. Uh, 1440 does a lot of science and technology articles. Every time I do like a daily briefing for them, because I do their daily brief, um, which is a podcast that you could check out, they always will include something going on in the world of science and technology. And I think all of that is really important to be well-informed on. And I, I'm looking, I, I go to their site, I, I signed up for the alerts. I'm on it right now, guys. And that's, I agree with you, science technology, they've got it up here. And it's not going to be always about the virus that's out there. It's other things that we need to know, whether it be prototype plastics that they're talking about today, um, and then skin cell research, which is still tremendous. Stuff that is not the same thing hammering down your throat every day that we get on the mainstream. It's tremendous, and it is. It's just right up front, black and white. This is what what it is. If you want to read it, click it, and it pops it up. So uh, if you just want the news and not the slant, 
just go and sign up for 1440 because you're getting it. And Ian knows how much I hate the news. And I actually signed <laughs> up for 1440 because I just, I just want the objectives. I just want just the facts, man. That's all I want. And that's what they do. And it's, it's, it's tremendous. So uh, if, if you just want to get the news and want, don't want the slant in it anymore, and you want to make your well-rounded, common-sense decisions on what's happening in today's society, in today's world, then definitely get on 1440. They're, they're, they do a great job. Yeah, and I'll throw out right now, um, every day now I've been doing for Narrative.fm, who who we work with, um, yeah, the Daily Brief, which is with uh, 1440 News. But check them out and just sign up for their newsletter, subscribe. It's uh, Visit try1440.com, try the number 1440.com to learn more and subscribe. And I know you wanted to mention something before we get back into everything. Yes, actually, I had one last Tano's toolbox, a Gen 3 toolbox that I we put up, um, uh, and we're going to go ahead and do a giveaway on that. All you have to do to be entered for the giveaway, a drawing, I should say, is that you have to sign up for a battle line course this year that we're having. If you have already signed up for a course this year, we had one in Florida, you're automatically entered for the drawing. A one-day course, you get one sign-up in. If you do a sign-up for a two-day course and you attend, you get two sign-ups in for that Tunnels Toolbox, which the MSRP on it is uh, $2,700, guys. It's a tremendous weapon made by Maxim Defense. And I've, of course, my name's on it, so I've helped design it, but it's a it's a tremendous rifle. Little personal defense weapon. So um, you never know what's going to happen with today's, uh, today's uh, politics, guys. So... Um, may want to jump on that thing now, the little PDX or little Tano's toolbox uh, from uh, designed by myself and Maximum Defense. And again, all you have to do to be registered for the drawing is just sign up for a battle line tactical course. So you're getting something out of it regardless. You're going to come and train with me and Ben. Um, and if Benny's there, if he's part of the course and Jeremy, but also you get entered for a drawing for a $2,700 personal defense weapon, which guys, I train with that thing. I teach with that thing. It's awesome gun. So Please do go to tonosgearlocker.com and sign up for it, or you can search Battleline Tactical. It will pop up, or you can just go to the Battleline Tactical uh, IG page and click on it, and they'll give you the instructions, or just email tonosgearlocker.com. I'm in Tonos Gear Locker, and uh, on the email they're provided on the website, and okay. you'll go ahead and can teach you how to get registered. Jeremy Mitchell will help you. So sorry to spit all that out. I just wanted to let you guys know no, that. That's part, I, I don't think anyone's going to be sorry if they could get in on that. I mean, who's not going to want that? So, so Perfect. Yeah, with with that, we'll get right back into everything. Some of these are good. Some of them, uh, I'll, you know, I'll, 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 get to, <laughs> no, I'll read, try to get to a few of these. Man, all right. Read. So these are uh, all sent to battlelinepodcast at gmail.com. This one is definitely good. Um, and this is from Lysandria. Hopefully I'm saying your name right. Um Hi, could you please do a podcast about Tyrone Woods, Navy SEAL, just like you did about Glenn Doherty? Thank you. Um, yeah, I'm totally in for that. I know that you said uh, Cheryl Bennett. Cheryl Bennett. The person to have. Because for me, I could say it's really strange, and I don't know necessarily the reason why, but it's like I probably know seven guys who had a really strong connection with Glenn Doherty. I don't personally know anyone who knew Ty Woods, and you know you do, so you'd be yeah, the first. yeah. A lot of the people that knew Ty knew Glenn. They were they they were just because of being West Coast SEALs and so forth. Uh, um, but Cheryl would be the best, honestly. Jack Silva, but he'll never <laughs> he'll never come out of hiding 
would be the best best one, not just because he was there with us. You know, Jack was one of the, yeah. he was still team five, but because he knew Tyrone the best out of all of us. And they were very close. And 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 uh, Jack's close to the family. Um, yeah, so it, it is weird. But I think also because they came at different times and, and Tyrone, to me, and again, this is just from my experience. I, I'm not best, but guys, and I'll be, I'm not best buddies or wasn't best buddies outside of GRS with Ty or Glenn. I knew them and I respected them. Ty knew better than Glenn because I spent more time downrange with Ty. And I, I and they, but they were, you know, they were completely different uh, on their offlines. Ty, I, Ty wasn't wasn't single first of all, um, and he didn't live that gregarious life that Bub did out in the open, which which probably is why you know you don't see it, uh, as many. Guys out there saying, yeah, I knew Ty, but also because Ty's a lot older. A lot of those guys are older and they're like myself now where we don't get out. <laughs> we don't get out. We like, you know, if I didn't have the podcast or else I'd be home with my family. I know you got to know who I am. So, um, <clears throat> or all this other crap hadn't come out. So I think it's just because, because of the ages and because Ty lived his life differently when he was home. You know, he, he was a father, uh, you know, he was a husband. Um, but I would and, love to do an episode like with, that. With I, I do agree because we did two plus hours on Glenn Doherty and he deserves the same. We you just got to have the right person. And I re-listened to Pat Smith's episode. That was awesome about that Sean. That was great. Yeah, that was early on for you yeah, guys who just yeah. became new listeners of the show. So scroll down to our early episodes and you'll hear, um, yeah, you'll hear Sean Smith's mom. And that was tremendous, man. And, yeah. it, and and then I get to hear things that I didn't know because, you know, I didn't know them. So we'll get Cheryl on. Cheryl on definitely, and then you know, as more things come on, we'll, we'll uh, I'll find somebody that knew Ty very, very well, and we'll we'll get them on if they want to get on. As but it it it, it, it I, you know, I never thought of it that way as how odd it was, but you, I, I really was. It's not because of people liking Glenn better than Ty or anything like that. It's just they live so many their their lives well, were completely different. You know what it is often. too. I think for me is as you know the where I previously was, I mean, you really know me from Sirius yeah, XM yeah. for people who don't know. I met you through there. Um, but you know, I knew a lot of guys from SEAL team three. Yeah. And I don't, yep. I, Ty wasn't SEAL team three. I assume he, he, uh, spent some time, if I'm some time there, but his, most of his time was, was on, um, he was in the training detachment, and then he spent some time with Dev with with Six. Okay. So, and, and again, that's another reason too. Spending time with Six. I know we got to get, and you know who else? I, I've gotten emails of people saying, "Got to get on Kristen Beck because Kristen Beck was there at." Well, I, I've and when I've interviewed Kristen Beck, she'll say, um, "Not Seal Team Six Dev Group." She'll call, call him. I, I just call him Dev. <laughs> I always call him I, Dev Six. We'll have to, we'll have, to have uh, Kristen on too because for those who don't know, I mean. In my opinion, here's the thing. Kristen Beck has just become known for a lot of people for the transgender stuff. But way before that, you know, Kristen served as Chris for SEAL Team 6 or Deb Grew and did a lot of different stuff. So uh, it, it's an interesting interview. Um, there's a lot of people we have to have on for sure. Ty Woods, the, the interesting thing about him for me, uh, completely unrelated, is he's the only white guy I, I've ever heard of named Tyrone. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was like. Tyrone, when he first was coming in. 
Like, is he a brother? What's what, yeah, you, you know what? I mean? It makes me wonder. You know, there's all that stuff out there about um, you know, if you have a traditionally white name, you're going to get calls back from job <laughs> applications quicker than a traditional black hey. name. I wonder if he was ever a victim, knowingly or unknowingly, of that. Because if I got a job application that said Tyrone Woods, I, I would assume I, this I, is most likely a black man. I doubt. Well, not in the seals. They gave two shits. They, you know, they don't give. They don't give it. No, 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 no. But, but in, in you know, real. I mean, there's been studies done in that type of stuff and yeah. there are people you know there's people out there who discriminate on that stuff it's you know you know is it blown out of proportion obviously but but it is happens. it real of yeah, course it does I, I would never i've never in my life met a a man who wasn't black named tyrone so when you hear tyrone woods i assumed it was a black guy who died yeah <laughs> that's uh, uh yeah and that's that's just the name well but it, uh, he's he's white as all hell. No, he's, he's, he's a damn he's a cracker. Sorry, he is. But he, I wonder what made his his. You know, if we have Cheryl Bennett, Cheryl on, Bennett I, on, it it might just break the tension of the seriousness of the topic. Just to ask, what made that, you name your son Tyrone? <laughs> that's that's where we just need to we we we'll get Cheryl on and ask her. I'm actually that what I'm doing now, guys. Not, I'm looking because uh, Cheryl sent me an email. She still sends it to the wrong email address, so I always miss it. But um, I'm making sure I've got her because. Uh, Cheryl did do great things for Ty out there in Oregon, the wrestling foundation, the Tyrone S. Woods Wrestling Foundation that's going on. So if you're out in Oregon and um and you're near Oregon City, you know, look for the Tyrone S. Woods Wrestling Foundation and Cheryl runs it. Maybe you'll be blessed to meet her. She's she's awesome. She's like Pat. She really is. She's just a wonderful, wonderful woman that um that still uh, I don't think it, that didn't exploit her son's death at all, but is doing what she can to live positively and still have positive memories and still to portray positivity of Tyrone after the event, which is what the wrestling foundation does. Ty- Tyrone was an awesome wrestler. He was. Yeah. And to be fair, when, when you say that, I, I want to point it out. I, I think of the family members, none of these people have when none of talk them. about yeah. exploiting, yeah. you know, because yeah. I think at first maybe people might, might see Bub's uh, naturals or something and think that, but when you listen to the interview, you realize that no, it is 100% about the legacy because there are people who exploit the deaths of others in tragedy. You, you, know, you know, I won't, I won't give you a specific because I don't, I really don't want to, but Mike Schlitz knows exactly what I'm talking about. There's an organization of, you know, a relative of someone who died in 9 11. And I actually knew Mike through this organization. And Mike, along with other military guys, started to say, like, hey, what does this guy who runs this organization do other than this charity? And when they dug into it, they were like, he doesn't do anything beyond this charity. Yeah, this is yeah. his way of living, is kind of just making money off of his brother's name who died in 9-11. Now, that is exploiting a death as opposed to starting a company and building it from the ground up in that person's name and giving back. Or or like having the GDMF, the Glendora Memorial Foundation, which Katie, Katie Quigley, which Glenn's sister started. Again, they, they did it not, not to... They did it to honor Glenn, which it should be. And they found a niche that it was necessary. And you see, Katie is another, we should get her on the show. I hope yeah, she I've come heard on. great things about her. She, well. she is awesome. Awesome. I met her when the movie came out actually at Dallas and she is top notch as well. And, and, I, and, um, and all of them, all the family members that I know that have started something and even the team, even whether it be Tig or Oz that have their own little foundations out there, myself, um, we don't make money off. I, I know I don't. I, again, I, I don't want to speak for Tigger Oz. I don't believe they do, but we didn't do any of this to 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 make money. It's to hey, can the because because Tyrone and Glenn and Ambassador Stevens and Sean, I know they would 
They would want to help people. They were always about helping people. That's why they were in the areas they were at. They wanted to provide and assistance. As, as, uh, as Sean said on the last podcast where he said, would, would Glenn want you guys writing a book? Yeah, he wrote a book. Hell yeah, he wrote a book. <laughs> it's, and, um, so yeah, it's, it's, but it, it, it's, it's, if you do it the right way and yeah, the family members, Cheryl would need to have on Katie because there are stories like that that I like to hear as well. Because I, I'm like, now knowing what they were capable of downrange, their courage, I want to know how they got to that point as well. And, and you know, and it helps. Sometimes it helps me. It helps me come to terms with what took place overseas and then what took place after. So when I do speaking events, it does help with speaking. When I go talk to people, I don't get angry anymore. It's like, yeah. wow, man, we need to honor these guys. And continue to honor their memories because they are truly heroes in the truest sense of the word. They are heroes who sacrificed everything. But they were heroes from the day they popped out of their mom's womb to now be by what they did throughout their lives and how they lived their lives. So, and, yeah. and I think what people need to realize when you say like you get a lot out of hearing from these people is from your perspective. I think people sometimes forget it because these guys' names have become larger than life. For you at the time, understandably, understandably, these were just guys that you served with. Yeah, there was, you know, there was nothing. They were special like anybody else you served with, but they weren't necessarily special guys. You weren't interested in learning their entire life no. story. You were just interested <laughs> in getting the job done. Yeah, yeah. And then when they passed, that's when you're like, I kind of want to know who this person was. Well, it, it helps. It, it always helps. And I and I would say Dakota Meyer would say the same thing. I th- I would say Kenny Thomas would say the same thing. Marcus Luttrell would say the same thing. It always helps us come to terms with what took place, and it helps us come to terms with not not their deaths anymore. Especially when you watch it, which I, you know, I, I multiple times I told you guys. You guys, I've, I've, I watched it. Um, not not it wasn't like I was on another side of a of, a, of the uh, of the. Uh, of the area of the consulate or the annex. I mean, but it helps comes to terms because then you, again, the anger goes away because now you're like, wow, these, these guys, that's why they were awesome with me that evening. It's because they were awesome way before that. And they just continued to be awesome when they were there and their lives and their awesomeness, not just that night, which people want to hammer into, but their awesomeness and their ability to overcome obstacles before Benghazi even took place is what made them awesome there and it's what we all can learn by and it helps me to continue to be okay keep it helps me to stay out of the anger because i i learned myself doing speaking i can't properly uh, and i'm being selfish i can't properly honor the guys when i do speak and tell them how incredible they were when i'm angry because then it just turns into anger and hate and then I'm getting mad at people that were responsible where it's like, let's get away from that because that does nothing to help people remember how incredible Bob yeah. and Tyrone. It's, it's almost like, you know, we always talk about the political things. I try to, at least at this stage in my life, uh, when I do get into things political, be as, as much as I can be a solutions driven person. And a lot of the times, you know, you scroll through articles or Instagram or Twitter, <laughs> yeah, and it's yeah. just why you're pissed off about this issue. And it's like, but what is your solution? But what is your what, solution? What should we do yeah. that could fix this? Because um, there's there's always going to be a ton of things to be pissed off about. But if you don't have any type of solution or any type of productive measure that could be taken to fix the problem, then it's like, what are we accomplishing? And uh, and there's and that's part of why I, I was like I don't necessarily I'm not into this really anymore because it is 
anything political, there is a lot of anger. Um, and when you can find a solution, that's yeah. what should be focused See, on. That's I don't mean. know why why I'm bringing up something completely no, we, related. We need Ian, Scotto for, Ian Scotto for president shirts now. We got no, Ian Scotto. I, I have no interest <laughs> ever. No, but in but any you, of that. you're bringing it up because again, our story it was, and that was that was us, me, Oz, Tig, because uh, I, 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 we were together. That it was us starting out, and I was angry. I was extremely angry. Um, I know but Tig. You always say that, but when I, from the moment I met you, it, you were a guy who was always smiling, well, I, always in a good mood. I, I never really met the angry guy that you claim to have been. Yeah, you know, I never I, saw that. I, I, <laughs> ever, I, ever. I mean, I mean, I've, I've, I've seen you at uh, speak at events, not necessarily speaking events. I've seen you at book signings. Yeah. I've known you pretty much since the beginning of the whole ordeal of all this media stuff, and I know there were. You know, there were times where you had issues, you know, marital stuff and all, but I never really saw that. And and you were always a nice guy. The the the, the most negative thing I could possibly say is I remember you showing up late to an interview. And you were like, "What the fuck, man?" <laughs> but the- other than that, that's about it. <laughs> that's the worst I, thing you've I, ever no, done. I, you know? It was it was more of 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 taking shots and not talking about Tyrone and Bub's heroism sure. enough. And and I, I well, it doesn't help that Hillary Clinton ran for president at that same time. Because yeah, yeah. I know that I'll give you an example, actually, because I've heard this from guys who were in the community who knew Glenn. Kate Quigley, from what I know, was not a very political person. No, not at I've, all. I've even heard, if anything, you'd consider her more to the left. And she was out there, you know, for Trump. And it was because of Hillary. Oh, Hillary. So it was it was kind of perfect timing to be angry. I understand. Well, and and, it, and she was responsible for those behind the scenes guys. People say, "Oh, was it really her?" Yes, the 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 range were turned over to State Department. I don't care who you. Oh, was that Hillary? Yes, she's the Secretary of State and the Undersecretaries. So yes, there and, and then also the spin up before. Now, yes, there were other players involved. Yes, I, the the former President Obama got a, got a hey man, he got out of there scot free. He shouldn't have. VP Biden, who now is the president, he got out of there scot-free, which he shouldn't have. They were responsible as well. So, yeah, I, I do believe now, and again, this is much as I'm going to get into it, but I believe that at that time we focused on Hillary. We should have also focused on the commander-in-chief who's in charge of the military and also the VP who's the second-in-command who just yeah, kind of recused himself from everything. He was uh, at least shortly after he was already in his second term, William Duck president. He wasn't going to run again. So you're focusing on who's going to take. Yeah, exactly. Back. Exactly. And that's where the focus in. It shouldn't even have been on any of that. If I was going to focus on it, I should have focused on it all. But we all kind of homed in here. Uh, and then that was where my experience with the media, how it can manipulate it and push you into this. Where but it was. A, I, I actually do think it was a solutions based thing and that you guys were like, what could we do to make sure you're this right. person doesn't come to power? This is our moment to do it. You're right. You're right. I, I get it. Um, but anyway, we'll get some other emails here. Uh, this is a firearms one. This is good from John F. Uh, this question is in the category of the armor protection and mobility dichotomy. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that ounces equal equals pounds. So, <clears throat> yes. what would you recommend for armor protection? It varies depending on plate manufacturer, right? Or would you train into carrying that weight through rocking or running? And then what he says at the end here, I have no idea what he's talking about, but maybe you will. <laughs> he goes, just to clarify, I'm a student of Integrity Defense Arts of PA, IDAPA. Our main school is IDA, Victoria, Texas, so I'm not a total nut. 
I don't yeah. know what he means by I'm not a total nut. I, I those are those are there's their instructor credentials. Um, oh, all right. And, and, and so I and, wouldn't and, assume you're a nut, but you you just know your stuff. It sounds like nothing yeah, and, wrong and, with that. He's he's an instructor. I, 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 and then also IDPA is a they, they um it's I don't know if he competes, but it's a, they have IS, IPSC, IPSC, and IDPA, which are target target competitions. So he's a competition shooter as well. Um, so. Um, uh, but no, my 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 answer to you is yes, <laughs> yeah, man. From experience, yes, train with the weight, uh, and that is just that's what Ranger Battalion. That's where I got from Army Ranger Battalion. Is that when we when I was there, we had RBA Ranger Body Armor, and that shit was not light at all. And you train with it. You train with that and your ruck, or you train with it and your LCE or your rack or whatever you're wearing, and you would you do everything with it. You whether it be fast roping out of helicopters, whether it be humping up a mountain. Um, so yes, uh, and then when I got out of Ranger Town, really the, any armor I wore was extremely light. Um, uh, that night in Magazi, I actually had steel. I had a steel plate, a little 10 inch chicken plate. Now, the reason being, I didn't have a bigger plate. Our ceramic, first of all, was awful. You, you, I tested, it was terrible. It'd, punct, it'd get punctured with two rounds. It was awful ceramic. Um, so I chose the steel, but also the steel with less coverage, honestly, was lighter weight than the ceramic. So I was faster. I always chose, after being at Range Battalion, where I was massive amounts of weight, to being GRS, which was minimal minimal amount of coverage uh, and your smaller group i always chose speed over protection because i could move fast and and to me it was harder for me to shoot somebody that was moving fast than somebody that was moving slow like a turtle granted they may have more armor but the armor doesn't cover everything and it doesn't always work um now this being said in today's day and age i actually am repped and have sponsored by a by armor company called gladiator solutions um, I wasn't going to be, but this is what I did. I had him send me some armor myself and actually Daniel Lombard at Devon Defense. And we got through the test, just like I would test armor when I was over in Afghanistan to see how, how it was doing. If it was old, do we need it? That was one of my jobs there in Afghanistan. And we shot it and I shot it with uh, FAL, uh, a foul, which is a 308 big round. You guys, it's a, it's a South African gun of, I mean, it's an incredible gun. The South Africans executive outcomes, I mean, they, those guys go no wrong it's just so big you know it's dude you know now that you said executive outcomes i'm sorry that i'm interrupting oh, no, 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 we're gonna ahead, get go right ahead. back to this but people have said that we need to have evan barlow on the podcast Probably, they are oh, you know him no i just know of him but those because guys way before they were i've interviewed yeah. i've interviewed him and he claims i remember when we interviewed him and this is why people have said you got to get him on that like he had intel that the benghazi attack was going to happen and Probably he did. told people in the u.s and they completely ignored him. And he was like, all right, well, if you don't want to hear from me that this is being planned, I'm, I'm going to go away. But I'm aware this is being planned. And uh, I would love to get him on. I can't I'd love to get his to, contact. I think Jack Murphy had. The uh, South Africans were in Libya at the time. In fact, I remember driving. We were going to Sebha one day. And I remember we drove we drove by him. You can obviously tell South African security because they're big old. They look like Thor. <laughs> I mean, they're big old blonde-haired guys that wrestle a lot. I mean, you got to be. But I was like, oh, there's a South Africans. We just didn't have any contact with them. But South Africans were working in Libya at that time. I would love to get yeah, Evan Barlow. But I totally derailed no, 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 that no, no, because no, you no, said no. executive outcomes. Yeah, yeah. So no, you can no. get back to that. And for those that don't know, executive outcomes were executive outcomes were the very first real, true mercenary company out there. Not Blackwater Triple Canopy, they're not mercenaries, guys. We work for our own government. Mercenaries work for foreign governments. But they were 
the legitimate uh, uh, combat unit for hire that they will fight your wars yeah. for the those and companies they were aren't. But you could say that, um, and we've had him on the show. Dale Comstock has done stuff for, I guess you would say, mercenaries because he's done stuff in Yemen and yeah, and, all and, that. and I, I can't, I've worked for other countries as, uh, in the South and Central America as well. So I mean, I've ten, but that they truly were an actual unit of mercenaries that kicked the living shit out of people. I mean, they were, they were, they were good, but they were so good. They got disbanded because of politics. But anyway, um, what I'm saying is, is, is that we went slick. So I was always more happy to move with speed and, 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 but the, the, that plate, the steel plate. Now I was talking about penetration. Yes. The steel plate is not good. It's not, it's going to take a lot of rounds. Granted, I had minimal coverage. All right. But again, I'm more, more concerned of speed than protection. Um, so, but if that plate gets hit with steel, you have that inertia that continues on, even though the rounds stop, that can still kill you as well or severely injured you. So the steel plate, yeah, it might've stopped the round if I would've got hit, but it would've, I would've broke a rib easy or, or had some internal damage. So now going with Gladiator Solutions, we took those, the, they make a ceramic plate, it's ceramic, this, but it's a level four, level four A, I'm sorry, we can get level three, three, Four and four A. Ours just I got the highest level. We took it out there. I shot it with a, with an FAL three hundred eight. We shot it sixteen times. Not one round went through. All right, and I was like, wow. And it's light. I, I, I get on their website. You or you can get on Tano's Gear Locker. I actually have a discount code for them because I believe in their stuff so well. But um, I took it out to another to Minnesota to shoot at Paul Braun's range. Who Paul Braun runs Maximum Defense Academy. Used to be at Sig Sig Academy. Paul's an awesome guy, tremendous guy. We need to get him on. He's got his own story from Iraq. He was, he was Let's in a it. really bad. Paul's awesome. But as um, you know, we already have like I know we'll May get, lined up. We'll, we'll or get him on in June. It, we will. It, you guys got to understand because when I when I ask for emails, I get so many guest suggestions, and I don't want you guys to think I'm blowing you off. We're not. Guys. It's just there's so many. There's so many people you guys want to hear from. I'll be honest, you guys. We're six months behind, so just be patient with us. <laughs> we'll get them on. But, yeah, um, well, we'll get to who we can, man. And and as long as it's the type of people the audience wants to hear from, and they want to come on, yeah. And you know, also we're still figuring things out. Until until I finally decide where to move and stop being indecisive and you <laughs> finally move, then we'll do the video. Things are going to come along and maybe a couple shows a week. I don't know. I'm yeah. fine with just doing what we're doing. But yeah, well, I keep I, interrupting. I, I, no, this, no, worries, yeah. no worries. No worries. Um, but you were, you're saying anyway, it seems to be that that's, that's who to go with. Glad it, it, it was because I shot it with a 300 blackout round. And if you watch all these videos out there, you will see, oh, yeah, we stopped two rounds. We stopped three rounds. We stopped the round for... No, I, I want to shoot armor till it fails. So I know how many rounds it's going to take till it fails. I shot that thing with 300 blackout from a, 10 meters away, from 5 to 10 meters away. 300 blackout, Fort Scott Munitions 300 blackout, yeah. which is probably the most lethal you're going to find out there, aside from armor piercing rounds, <laughs> which tumble. Six rounds from that distance in the same half dollar size area before it failed. That is incredible. In- incredible. So... That's what I went with because it's light. It's the best I've ever seen, uh, and it stops the inertia. So you're not going to have that 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 inertia that goes continues on with the round stop that can actually cause damage and kill you as well. It stops that because I saw the back of it and how mar- how far the back of the armor went out or the ceramic went out. Um, and also they make the plate carriers and those plate carriers I wear, I just wore it last night again. I work out in those things because they fit so well. With plate carriers, you want to make sure you have have it fits you tight enough that it doesn't you don't move. I 
learned that at range battalion. Learned that being in the infantry. The more that stuff moves on you, the more pain you're going to feel in your back, your shoulders, and especially your shoulders and your traps. When those start screaming, guys, your mind goes out. You you can't focus on anything because you are in so much pain. I actually wrote about that in the Ranger Way when I had that incident where I almost fell out in Ranger School at the end of it, our last march, because my shoulders were screaming so bad and how that can just mess your mind up. So get with Gladiator Solutions. That's my recommendation. I'm not, I, you know, I guess they do sponsor me. But I don't go with anybody that I don't think is the best out there. And I shot on, and you can actually go on Gladiator Solutions website or even mine, and you can see us testing it. And they even had a write-up in in, um, Forbes uh, of their company. And and the plate carriers themselves are outstanding as well. And, of course, the plate carrier is like every Molly Molly system, so you can attach and put whatever you want on it. But armor, I like speed. Um, I love protection, but sometimes you have to sacrifice one for the other. With the Gladiator armor, you don't. I can, I'm still fast, and I have great coverage, and that stuff stops around. So, there you go, Brett. That's all. That's that's a big endorsement. So, um, oh, all right. Here's one of the emails that I'm not going to lie, Paul. You've sent great emails in the past. Oh, is it, not my. This is, is not this my Paul favorite. Morgan? Are we going to call yes. it Paul Morgan? Paul Morgan. This isn't my favorite email because I'm not good with this stuff. Um, but I'll see if either of us get this. I, I've already seen it, and I, I haven't thought about it enough to get it. But whatever. Uh, okay, Ian, what has four letters occasionally has 12 <laughs> letters always has six letters but never five fight the good fight paula i have no idea i have no idea paula well you know i can't answer that's that's too i gotta have time man or you yeah. gotta be shooting at me or throwing hand grenades at me so my brain's working fast i saw i'm working on my second cup of coffee i have no clue paula you win does she win anything should we send her something for- I, I don't know for for the for my least favorite email, <laughs> um, I, love, I love Paula. Paula's awesome, man. This okay. and here's one last one. Um, you've answered this before, but I get it. Not everybody gets to listen to every single episode. I don't expect everybody to know your entire life story or mine, for that matter. But uh, this is from Ivan. The movie shows you using a shaka, hang loose. I know for you it's the jambo uh, to see if the soldiers are friendly. Did you really do that? Yes. Uh, oh, definitely. Uh, and I learned the Jambo actually in Mosul because uh, we had Sudanese guards that guarded, that protected our gate on the outside of, of uh, I forget the name of it because we had, there was two sides of Mosul's, Mosul's base. Anyway, uh, yeah, I learned it from them. They would always do that to me when we were heading out into Mosul and they were, so I stopped and asked them what it meant because I, I didn't know. I, I didn't know if they were being rude or mean. I thought, well, maybe they're just saying, hey, be cool like the Shaka you know, or stay cool. And uh, so I stopped and asked him one day. I was like, "Hey, what, what the hell? What are you guys doing that to me? What do you, what do you, are you telling me to fuck off in in Sudan, in Sudan in Sudanese?" <laughs> like, no, 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 no. It means I say it means good morning. But now we throw it up to you guys because of the shaka. It's like, hey, dude, be cool, be safe out there. And that's where I learned it. And then when we got to North Africa, I didn't know it at the time, but actually, this originated. It's it's a West African symbol for good morning they have it on t-shirts down and i i wish i would have bought one they sold it on t-shirts and it said jumbo like this and, and it's funny i just watched uh madagascar 3 the one where uh, watch the old lady in there she's wearing a jumbo shades so okay okay madagascar if you ever watch madagascar 3 there's the old lady from new york that gets trapped in africa that fights fights uh alex who's Bryn stiller's character she's wearing and it's in africa she's wearing a jumbo shirt i just noticed that we're watching nice. it with my son but 
It, 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 I mean, it, you it, see it in pop culture, you know. You do, you and do. Again. And the, the Jambo's there. It's not something I made up. It's actually been around for years. It's a West African saying for good morning. Tunisia, I think, is where it originated from. But yes, I did because uh, that was in Mosul. was 08, 07, 08 that I was in Mosul. That is the only way. And, and everybody, whether it was in Iraq, Afghanistan, or Africa, or Yemen, they all... It's like a, it's like a, it's like a known symbol of, hey, we're cool, dude. Hey, be cool. Like, hey, just chill the fuck out sometimes, right? <laughs> and and yes, I did it, and I did it when we when we were doing the buyback too. I was like, hey, you good, dude? And you know, and your facial expressions helps out to see what, but it just means, hey, we're, we're buddies, man. We're uh, no, hey, let's let's be cool here. And I I I couldn't think of anything else. You remember remember at that time we were what eight and a half hours nine hours in. That was I'd been through five five different altercations that night. Um, we had as a team. I, I should say I have. I, I no. I the team we did. I was tired, man. I, I I did. I had no other way. I couldn't think of anything, and I did. I was looking down the barrel of that dishka and dishka's a fifty cal guys, um, which is a big bullet. That's a big big. Um, and uh, I, I, I saw anything to think of. And I did. I got it back. And it was awesome to see them smile and, and do that jumbo, stick it back up. So, yeah, I did it. And the movie represented well. The movie, as far as timelines goes, as far as relationships goes, as far as us being portrayed accurately, the, the, the main team there in Benghazi. I have to say, Bubs, like I said, I agree with, with uh, Sean. Bub, Toby played him too machismo bub wasn't much bub had those one-liners which were great but bub was more but was more like tyrone i mean i mean really they were they're more hey they were they they were confident but they were more hey you know smart ass let's get so um but the rest of us were portrayed very accurate i know probably did an excellent job i said it before and also the the firefights under night vision it's what it looks like guys it's it's tremendous so yeah yeah, right there. Jumbo threw it up. I used it many times while I was in Libya throughout my six months that I was on those trips there to Tripoli and Benghazi. And I used it for years prior to in Iraq and Afghanistan and Yemen as well. Nice. <clears throat> um, yeah, I guess that about wraps it up. On on the topic of movies, uh, since you were mentioning Madagascar 3, which I never saw, I definitely, <laughs> I'm definitely going to go see uh, Mortal Kombat this weekend. I, I need some bro time and... Uh, that comes out tonight yeah. as, we're, as we're taping this. I'm probably going to hang out with some of my good friends and, and go see that. Um, I've already made plans for, for my Sunday. So there's there's a great town on Long Island called Huntington. And actually, they have, I think they still, I mean, you know, there's some bookstores that have closed with all this. But I think they still have their famous bookstore there, which if What's you ever get a chance to do a Long Island. You know, it's funny. I'm trying to, it's not Strand. It's, I can tell you right now because it's famous. Because if you had done a book signing on Long Island, because if you did, it would probably be here. Oh, well, maybe you need to do that then. <laughs> book review, Huntington Book Review. Um, and if I look it up, it uh, yeah, it's open, closes at 9 p.m. They do have a lot of like special ops guys, you know, who I've seen do signings. Wow. Not personally, but I've seen like in the window. But anyway, I've already made plans that there is a, uh, there is like the best burrito place I've ever been to right across the street from this movie theater. <laughs> I've never even had this and I've never seen it. They have a lobster burrito. It's expensive, but a lot, it, oh, it's gotta be man, good. It's gotta be good. Yeah. Uh, it's like gotta, $30, but it's a yeah. lobster burrito. I'm like, I gotta try this. We so, gotta get, okay. I, before we, we gotta get in some food stuff here since you brought that up before we, sure. before we get off. But yeah. Okay. Tell, so, tell yeah, me I'll, about that. I'll probably have this lobster burrito and then go see Mortal Kombat. 
uh, the new Mortal Kombat with some friends this weekend, and we'll see how it is. I'm digging that, dude. I love that. Are you I'm, seeing? Are you seeing it? Or I, I have. I very lucky. I have HBO Max, and it comes okay. out on HBO. I just want to go to a theater again. Although I did last <clears> week. <throat> I did last week for the first time. Well, yeah, I did. I, it was fun. I remember I told you we went to Tom and Jerry. Saw the yeah. new, it was about a month ago. It was good. I mean, there's no replacement for that, and I want to see these theaters remain open. I, I, I actually do want to give them the money and support them because I we're going to lose a lot of them. And yeah, if we can keep some of them open. That'd be great. It, it remind it's Americana, dude. It's still it doesn't matter even if that's the multiplex theaters now. It's still when you walk into a theater. It reminds me of ha- going into still the old. Remember the old theaters with the yeah. lit up boards that are they still got them here in the in the the small towns in in the Midwest. But I don't care if it's a if it's a multiplex theater or it's one of your single theaters. When you walk into the movie theater, if it doesn't bring you back to your childhood of going into a theater. Something's wrong with you because it does. It doesn't matter what it is. Like when I walked into Tom and Jerry and, you know, you're in a theater. And you know what's awesome? And I have to admit, I, I can't complain about this COVID stuff with this. I do like the spaces <laughs> that you don't, you know, that you're spaced in between different people where, you know, in the past, they pack people in together because they want yeah. to mask money. But I'm how not gonna, long can that last is the question <laughs> and remain profitable? You and know, that, that's the question. Well, maybe maybe you CEOs out there, maybe you need to cut your salaries a little bit so you come into the normal sphere like the rest of us. How about you guys do that? I'm just saying, man, you know, maybe, maybe you need to sacrifice a little bit. Um, yeah, you- the economy is in a weird state right now. I will say, man, in that I just, you know, I feel like the uh, cryptocurrency bubble may be ending. You think? You know, it, why, it, why do you, why do you think? I mean, I don't, I don't get oh, into the because Bitcoin, Bitcoin but is is starting to go down, and, and I'm not going to lie, I tried to get on the whole stupid Dogecoin thing, <laughs> and uh, I I ended up losing like fifteen dollars. Like, ah, sorry. Right. very early on, I was like, this is going nowhere, and I sold it. But for the people <laughs> who made money, you really, but. I think the whole cryptocurrency thing, I don't know, man. I, I think there, Bitcoin may last, and I think all these other ones are going to go away. I wouldn't trust putting all my money into it. But anyway, what were you saying with food stuff? Well, I said with food we talk about, you know, I, I, as far as far as going and, and eating and getting out to restaurants, I, I, you know, you talk about the, the movies and so forth, getting out to the... I think you know people did what we've been doing as a family that the the restaurants are opening up that's been really helpful for us and it's been fun it it feels new again like getting out even if it's just going to an olive garden or 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 going to a you know going to red lobster or something and again I'm not knocking about you know as a New Yorker I'm like what are you doing what are you talking about but (laughs) it's like but it's the same feeling of of going to a movie it's just walking into a restaurant and and um you have the space now um but it it the kids are happy. It's just it's just like a happy moment, whether the food's terrible or not. It's it's still just it's fun because you just guide people out being able to do it. And if you haven't, I'd recommend you get out there now. I, I would a, too, but you know what I'm going to throw out there? I'm going to say support the businesses that are really struggling are, because Olive Garden and Red Lobster are going to be just fine. I I so I put that little asterisk. If you didn't see it on the screen, I'm doing it now. Put the little asterisk. Um, getting out to the local restaurant. Well, we, uh, my my wife and I went to a nice steakhouse here in Omaha, a local one, just recently, and it was it was fun. It was you know because we hadn't done it in a while, and because of what was going on, but also because people have been limited to not go out. I think they've become just comfortable being in their houses, which is great, guys. But take that break and get out and go yeah, get a good meal. I'm somewhere. not someone who's uh, in favor of that, you know, because we've gotten to a point in society where. 
you really can never leave your home. Yeah, yeah. You could have Amazon send over everything. You could get your groceries here. And I don't necessarily think that's a good thing, man. It is. You got to get outside and interact with people. I, I think it's extremely important. Um, it, your I think people get way too comfortable for sure. I don't know if that's what was planned, if that's the whole thing that, that our, our spooky government, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but God, it's just hard to... We talk, I mean, they're going to take advantage of that for sure. Well, yeah. we, well, we talked about it when I talked about Ranger School. Remember when the COVID first hit, when the vid, when the vid, the hibbity-bibbity virus first the hit? The vid, I've never the heard vid, that. The <laughs> vid, the vid. We talked about how people can, and I used Ranger School as an example, how miserable things can be, but if it's miserable all the time, and then we were talking in a positive way, you get used to it and you can become accustomed to it, just like Ranger School. Ranger School is awful. But after about the second week of ranger school, which is probably about, it, it took, it was probably about a month because I had pre-ranger and then I had zero week before I started ranger school. So it was about a month and a half. After that, I became accustomed to just being miserable and it just was the normal thing to do. And I wasn't miserable anymore because I was always miserable. And I tried to use that as a positive of that we can become accustomed and be used to the changes that are going on. But I also said at some point, we've got to recognize if those changes are miserable and we've yeah. got to start breaking away from it so we don't get into those same, th- which is what you're talking about now, which I agree with you. What we're doing now is we're becoming accustomed to being miserable. So now we're accepting to being miserable. I, I never said accept, or if I did, I didn't mean it in that term. Don't accept to be miserable no. all the time. That's how it's going to be. Now you've got to break out of it. So think of it as now we're graduating ranger school. Now we've got to get the fear out of us and start getting out a little bit more. Granted, well, I, and, and at this point, there's, there's really so many reasons that you can get back to normalcy. I mean, you know, I don't need to get into the whole, uh, In and outs of it. But, you know, with the vaccine stuff going on, if you want to go that route, there are other states that are more open than in different states. You know, I know there's certain countries that are still really not in good shape. We are for the most part here. Um, so, I mean, I do think we're, we're turning a corner and it's just, it's, it's, it's now coming in first full circle of, of what we started at the, uh, podcast here with you moving. And what I said, you just, you got to take that first step. Not, yeah, not, no, not, I'll be the first to say, I can criticize myself. I am not perfect. I have gotten too comfortable. You know, we're, we're coming to the end of the show and I'm thinking of the uh, Mark Slaughter song that we have at the end where it's, you know, don't let yourself stand in your way. I'm totally letting myself stand. I'm the only person in my way of like making these decisions. And uh, yeah, I, I, I don't always, I, I, not all my qualities are good. Just like all of them. Well, we, yeah, all we all have our, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I am kind of, I hate the fact that I've been so indecisive about this, but I, I'll, I'll figure it out. And, and I have to, but I, you know, like when I was in South Florida, the last trip that I took, I had a great, I had an excellent time, even though I was just looking at apartments just cause I love the whole vibe there. And then on the last day, or the last couple of days, I think all the negatives ran through my head of like, oh, well, I'm not going to be near these people. This is what's going to go wrong. This could go wrong. And that's not the way to be. And I need to realize. You're right. Because no situation or very rarely is it ever 100% perfect. It's You're always going to sacrifice something to gain something. It's it's life. That's just how it is. Um, uh, and and I, I preach that immensely. Hey, there's always going to be a sacrifice for a decision you make. It may be a minimal sacrifice, but... Very rarely is that decision you make going to be 100% right on. It's not. It's That's just how it is. And it's that, if, if everything was that way, you know, nah, it's just not possible. I, mean, I can't even think of a situation where it could be. You're just going to have to accept and take that chance. But thing is, though, if you never take the chance, 
then you're just going to be you're never going to do anything. Your life's going to be. Yeah. And also the fact that I'm, yeah, no, I agree. I've, you know what I've, I've heard people say, I I watch, this is completely unrelated as we always do on the show, but uh, (laughs) there's a documentary on a bodybuilder, uh, Dave Polsonella. That's really good. His brother did a three part documentary on him. Like fantastic, very indie, like very low budget. But uh, he had a scene in there where he said, he was saying to his brother, because um, his his, his uh, sister was criticizing this girl who was da- he was dating that was significantly younger, and she was saying like, "Oh, this girl, you know, she's going to want to get married, and you're not, you know." And he says to her, "He's like, I, he's like, life is amazing and life is terrible, terrible. and like life is high and life is low. He's like, I don't want my life to just be a flat line yeah. like this. He's like, yeah, a lot of things could go wrong. He's like, but I, I want to take chances in life, and, and I do think that's a good way to be like." I, yeah, I agree. You could stay in your comfort zone for too long and you won't have anything horrible happen for the most part, but you also won't have these like amazing experiences of, I'm so glad that I went for this. You know, even just us starting this show, you had to start somewhere. And and I'm the first to criticize people when for a year they say, oh, I'm thinking of starting I'm a thinking. podcast. Well, get off your ass and fucking and do, do it, it, you know? Yeah, so I got to be the same with other things in my life. I'm very decisive about certain things and indecisive about others. But that's normal. There's always room for improvement. And that's normal. Everybody has those. You just got to be able to conquer those indecisiveness and and go for it. Um, And if you make a mistake, you make a mistake, Uh, you know, and then you start over. I did that first time I was in the military. I I also think it'd be so cool if we're in the same vicinity. We could drive to you a couple hours and we could do it. We could do the show. That would Um, be really cool. I I really do want to, because I, I miss doing the in-studio stuff. I do. And we get some more stuff done. And it is. They're, they're fun. And maybe we can start doing videos so people can see, oh, our, yeah. see our faces are made for radio. Yeah. Anyway. Will, as soon as I'm in a new place, you know, and hopefully you're in a new place, we could do some really cool video. We'll make it happen. I, I, you know, I do hate the fact that we're a little bit far behind other shows doing that stuff. Like, I did see that you did that um, show with that that Marine he has an awesome video setup. I don't know how to do all that. He's two, he's great. So I forgot to we got to give him a shout out. The two Marines and a mic is what they're called. They're fantastic. Teams. Was that the same one though? Because I watched you on with one guy. It wasn't two guys. Oh yeah, Ghost. No, he does awesome. Yeah, yeah, Tr- Ghost. Tr- Trey, Ghost, ta- Ghost, Ghost Tactical. He's a friend. He has that setup. I was going to say, dude, get a hold of Trey. He's got a great setup. I mean, he's and yeah. he's got the ticker underneath. We need to use that. And Trey for and- sure. I just don't want my backdrop to be yeah. this and your backdrop to be that. <laughs> Even though our friends could. Vino and Rich, they've been doing it, and Rich has, you know, just a bed behind him. But I want it to look cool. No, you know, what he has looks cool, and and I'm eventually going to move. I mean, this isn't going to – I'm not going to be here forever. So in a month or two, we'll have things figured out. Good you know what I was going to ask you? How does my mic sound? It sounds great. Because this is a brand-new Rode mic. So here's what happened. Uh, the, that mic was giving me so many issues, and it's this is such a good mic that it's sold out everywhere. You're the, you have the same one. I, I have loved this mic, but it's just after two years wear and tear, it got all screwed up. Because uh, that wasn't the first time I had an issue like that. So I couldn't find that anywhere. And I went to a local store and I got this Shore mic. Hey, look at that. You which, look like you look like Johnny Carson with that damn thing. Look at that. This is That's the one awesome. uh, this is the one Joe Rogan uses. Uh and, and it's a cool mic. It does it doesn't have a stand, so I was putting it in the Battleline uh <laughs> coffee mug. But to be completely honest, 
I like I like this a lot better. Yeah. And so I ordered it from Canada and it just came in today. And I've, you know, brand new road mic. I really I really like this mic. I, I you know, I know that you are you don't have as much experience, but like mm. have you enjoyed it? Yeah, it's good. I and so I for any of you guys starting a podcast, I would I would recommend or if you're doing one, I'd recommend to invest in it. What was it? Well, how much was it? I can't remember. This, my wife, remember my wife, well, you had to get my wife to get it for me because I kept, <laughs> I kept procrastinating on it. It's um, more now because you can't find it anywhere. It's sold out everywhere because everybody is uh, starting a podcast <clears> and this is like the mic. I, I think it'll end up being around 250, but it's worth it, wow. man. I mean, yeah. I, I think it's worth it. I no, really no, it do. is. It is. I'm just thinking because I know we, we paid like half of that. I think I paid half. One yeah. It's, oh so. yeah. It's probably more now. And, and I have to say, I don't think it's up yet. By the time you hear this, it'll be up soon. I was on the Signature 76 podcast That's with uh, Brendan from there, and they're a newer show, but the cool thing is Brendan does these, uh, I mean, there's a lot of companies that do them, but theirs are really good, these custom flags, So, and they're a lot of like um, yeah. Second Amendment stuff, a lot of pro-America stuff, and yeah, he does a podcast on the side, and he's had on some guys we've had on before too, he had, he had Gary Brugman on. He had Jason Piccolo on, who was on an episode that you weren't there, who I see on Court TV now all the time. Jason is on Court TV really? pretty regularly, <laughs> which is cool. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, but, yes, check out the Signature 76 podcast. Well, you can look them up on Instagram, and it'll probably be going up soon. And, when, and I, I think I said to Brandon, like, hey, if there's anything I can do for you, let me know. And he's like, I don't know, if you can get Tonto on the podcast. So oh, th- no. they definitely want you. No, okay. uh, we'll, get on, I, we'll get on it because I've been doing podcasts this month. I, I was on FTK Racing, which is a very, very yeah. small rural. It was awesome, though. I love doing startup podcasts. I, I love it. He's like, man, I've contacted everybody. You're the only one that got back to me. I'm like, well, that's because I'm just a normal dude. I'm special. I, and, I had time, <laughs> and I said I had time. So. Uh, uh, but then also the two Marines and a mic, which was a tremendous podcast. I love this guy. And there, dude, guys, that is straight up Marine podcast. <laughs> so if you are easily offended, don't listen to that one. That one is straight up to uh, Marines and Rangers getting together talking shit. It's it's locker room talk. But I loved it. And there, Angelo over there, tremendous guy. Even though he was late to the party, there it's out of Florida because he had to go buy his AR-10. It's like, oh, what's more important, Tano on a podcast or me going to buy a new gun? Obviously, the new gun is, but that's a Marine for you. And then, um, and then like I said, Trey at Ghost Tactical, he does his show. He whether I'm on it or not. He does a tremendous podcast regardless. Like you said, and his show video. visually looks great. Yeah, it does. Uh, it and does. you guys were both wearing Battleline uh, podcast. Yeah, he was. Good. I'm actually, speaking of other podcasts, I'm wearing my Tim Dillon fake business shirt, which is based off the Enron logo uh, that he that he did. It, I'm not going to lie. That's my favorite. We're talking podcast. That's my favorite podcast. Is He's Tim funny. Dillon. He, he just cracks me up. He's, I feel like such a smart guy and he talks about politics in such a funny way that, uh, I, I feel, you know, he always talks about comedy's gotten too serious and it's all politics. Yet he's political, but he's very, he's very funny it's, about it. And that, that's how it needs to be. Humor needs to be. Uh, comedy Central's all, I don't Who decided to have Trevor Noah for John Stewart? Yeah, ha, ne, yeah, needs to have their head examined or hit on the head with a tack hammer because they're just an idiot. And to keep him on, because he's terrible. Comedy Central's awful. Now, I, I mean, it's, I, I won't. There's nothing funny on it anymore unless they do reruns of like Adam Sandler movies. Which yeah, they, well, Tim Dillon <clears throat> actually was saying that he he was saying he hopes and he's like optimistic there's going to be kind of a resurgence good of, of like Jim Carrey old school type humor because he was just like 
can comedy get any more serious than I know. It is now? Well, He's you, like, how serious is this going to get? You used to watch Living Color. I mean, Living Color, yeah, it, it, hey, the Wayans Brothers, it was. It, it could get to where, yeah, they're a little bit political and stuff, making fun of, of the right a bit, but it was still, I loved it. I was still funny. I thought it was hilarious. And, and Jim Carrey on there, of course, but the Wayans Brothers are hilarious. I, there's plenty to make fun of. Fun of. I mean, and they can and, make and fun of themselves. They can yeah, make fun of their... And but I just there's there's plenty going on in <clears throat> politics that is just easy to make fun. Like I, I'll give you an example. I mean, I saw this past week. I think it's so ridiculous that you have um, Alexandria Ostasio Cortez is going to debate that Marjorie Taylor Green woman on the Green New Deal, and it's like to me, this is just me this speaking. <laughs> this is what's wrong with politics. You have the most extreme far right conspiracy kook on the right. You have the most like I want to turn the country communist on the left. Like. There's just no middle ground anymore. <laughs> we can't have anyone who's reasonable. And it's weird because I'm someone who says we need to get some outsiders in here. These two people are very much outsiders. They're as outside as it gets. There is not DC establishment as it gets. But could we have people who are like, I don't know, who are outsiders that aren't nuts? That's what I was going to say. I was going to say, yeah, I, I know he's going there. I'm going to let him go. It's, it's kind of crazy, man. You know, I, I just, well, that, I, the country, when we talk <clears> about the division, I mean, it's gotten to the point of like, it's comical, the division. And that's, that's where I just don't even watch it anymore. I, it's, it's ridiculous. It's 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 their own little world. And, and they really do think that they are, the gods of upon all gods that know everything that's best for everybody. I saw it within the agency when I was there. You could see it even within the agency when I started and how it was progressing up where you saw the old case officers that were either veterans or had been doing it since the jawbreaker days when they were starting to leave. And these new kids that thought they knew everything because they went to a a prestigious, a, a prestigious college. Sorry, <laughs> a prestigious, a prestigious college started to know everything, and then they started to throw their politics into the work, which was like, no, politics has nothing to do with what we're. It should be the farthest thing away. It was. You could see it from 06 on that it was going that route in D.C. and it was becoming political, even within the government organizations, from people that had no worldly experience. Just were they were very smart. I give them that. They were very book smart people but they had no no wisdom just due to life experience the interesting thing is kind of what i'm saying is that actually both of these people marjorie taylor green right and alexandria ostasio cortez are people who have had real world experience who have not lived in the dc bubble but they're extremists and i just i don't think what, that's what we need but what what real world experiences have they have have they lived and have owning a business being you know a bartender i think those are real life experiences I, you know? but if you can't compare it to actually going to these countries that you are in favor for whether it be scream for a right or stream go live in a socialist country for a while yeah and see how it is. If that's what you're good, I, I get what you're saying. I'm not saying I'm not downplaying real life experiences because I work. You know, I, I I live and I work. No, but because I mean, but I do think Congress should be, you know, and, and it's getting to the point where it isn't just lawyers. I do think we should have people who are veterans, people who do regular jobs like bartend, people who own small businesses. That is what the country looks like. I would just like to see, in my opinion, and the thing is, I'm openly very libertarian. I'm right on a lot of, uh, you know, right wing, not right, not correct, right wing on a lot of things. Um, but 
I, I just don't think like but the extremism is, is going to be good for the country. And it's gotten to the point where that's so, you, I, so, you know, I was talking with Jack Murphy about it. It's like we're going to have like TikTok stars as like, well, that's senators. Well, if that's that's what you get when you have a bartender that is now powerful. Indy, do you think yeah, I don't think it's wrong? I, I got to be honest that. So I, you think a bartender, our you, bartender should be able to say. Has has the Werenthal the and we're not I'm not arguing well, with why, you. Just, why you is think, a bartender any less experienced than a lawyer? To be a social to say our country needs to be socialist. No, to no, make no, not that. For I don't agree. Country? No, no, no. I don't agree with her politics at all. That's not my, okay. My my point is just to be in Congress. I don't think being a lawyer is any more prestigious. Take whatever they believe out of it, right? I because a lot of these people are lawyers. I don't think being a lawyer no, I, gives you any more world, real world experience than being a bartender to serve in Congress. I think my where I'm going at is that if oh crap, sorry, can you see me? What happens? <laughs> I just touched this. Where I'm going at is that if you're going to be that extreme, and I think we're talking the same thing here. Yeah, we're talking about two different things because I'm I'm taking her politics out of it. Okay, I, I'm I, I'm fine with having people who have done real life jobs serving in Congress, but regardless before, of whatever they believe. But before you get on your pulpit and say. This is the best for everybody. I know what's right for everybody. Communist oh, for socialism sure. is right. Get your ass and go live in that. That's where I say wisdom is important. I agree. No, I, sure. I, I don't think lawyers have any more. <laughs> you're right. Believe me, I, I'm not. Yeah, low lawyers should be politicians. Well, that's half our problem right there, too, is half lawyers are politicians. But you can apply. Yes, you can be a congressman, whether you're a ditch digger or whether you're a professor out of college. I, I, you know, I But I saying is that if you're going to say and preach that this country needs to be this way, you better have experienced those things that you're trying to preach. If you haven't, then shut up and continue to work in that field, but learn and learn by going to those countries maybe and immersing yourself in a socialist country or is there a far far right country i don't i don't know what to what would what would we call I'm, that <laughs> i mean if in terms of the the you know the religion stuff you know you could say tell me if, if you me. have a country well i'm just saying if you had a country that was ruled entirely by religion it then, would be then, 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 yeah, then the, the the far religious right country then you got to go live in those areas so you can't see that does this really work or although there are those people and they still feel that way i mean like de blasio worked with the communists in these countries and then he became the, the mayor you know and he obviously agrees with these policies I, but he's not inexperienced i don't agree with him no, I, I think I, he's I, wrong in things but he's experienced i i i agree anyone can be a politician obviously anyone can be a politician but when you're making decisions for a country that honestly I think is still does extremely well and has the I most the, the ability for people to succeed, whether you start from, yes, some people do get a head start better than others. Um, but you still, everybody has the opportunity to succeed through hard work, which I know we both agree on. Yes, there are, again, there are other people that have an easier path. Um, but this is the only country that I know of from being in other countries, not all of them. I've been to a few that this still affords the best opportunity to be successful. And when a politician comes in, that's a bartender per se, or whatever, that has not a lot of experience living in these other countries of what she's wanting to turn this country into. I have to say, no, no, you, you can stay as a politician, fine, but you need to continue to learn your craft, learn your trade. It's just me coming in as a new ranger private and all of a sudden telling this E6 what he needs to do. No, no I, I, I agree. Gotta- but keep in mind, there are politicians who are communist, who are who have experienced communism 
and they like communism. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. The, 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 de Blasio. Well, and that, that's, then, <laughs> hey, if you want to elect him as your, as your. I, I don't. I'm, I know. That's, I'm just making the point. Not everybody who uh, experienced or inexperienced is going to experience that way of life and say, you know, like, I, I, I think we're, my point, because we're arguing two different things. I'm not arguing the politics of <laughs> people. I'm just saying I actually would like Congress to look like what America looks like, not just ethnically, um, occupation wise. I have no problem if someone is a bus driver and wants to run for Congress, if they have good, good ideas and they, you know, know what they're talking about and, and they're well read on things, you know? Uh, and uh, may I, I, I agree with you. I do with the, with the different people being politicians. Uh, I just don't agree in a meteoric, a meteoric rise by Ocasio Ortez or the other, yeah. I I, I, but be, because they, you're right. I love it. You said it directly, and this is the reason I agree with you. Because they're TikTok sensations, because they're social media sensations, and now all of a sudden they've gotten this power that they do not deserve. They don't. They haven't. I don't believe they've earned it, but they've got it because they're able to sell something they really have no idea what they're selling because they haven't experienced it. But the De Blasio, sure, you did it. This is why I know we love communism. New York, you can have him. The rest of the country, I, I don't. But it's, then, and it's New York City. Let's New York keep City. in mind. Yeah. The guy's not yeah. loved like throughout yeah, the state. But then the that, thing is we can also look back and see has it been successful for the city of New York. or And and, and we can look back to see what's going on there as, hey, is this really, if the you know, if New York's doing awesome, then maybe no. we should switch the code. Exactly. But it's not. not agree. So I think we use that experience that this doesn't work. So yeah. Why it's not doing well for a plethora of reasons, though. Uh, to be fair, it's not doing well for a lot of different reasons. <laughs> but, but the uh, brother, we're, yeah, we're. I agree with you on the different. You be a you can be a politician, whoever you want. That's the be- but that's the beauty of this country. Yes, yeah, no, that's and country. that's the thing that I think is good that we're no longer having just lawyers serve us. But I just want these people not to be extremists. Is is my point? Um, that's just I guess how I, I feel. I guess I'm just calling out the extremism and saying, yeah, I'm not a fan of any extremism. Yeah, I'm not. Either. It's not yeah. good for the country. Um, oh, you know what I was going to tell you really quick? Uh, I I uh, experienced a uh, Orange Theory class. I remember we had Noah yeah, Galloway on. Good? Was it good? Do it. It was in terms of like an intense workout. I guarantee you, if you go, you will go. Holy shit! This was intense. Was it something I would want to do regularly? Personally, no. Is it because of its intent, the intensity, or because it's just not fun workout? I, I mean, you might like it because you're a <laughs> lot more cardio based. You okay. know, it's because it's all about getting the heart rate up. Okay, so it's okay. it's a lot of cardio, but um, yeah, I don't know. I like <laughs> my workouts are very like slow, and I'm uh, other than when I'm running outside and I'm in my own world, but. No, I mean, it's definitely effective. It's definitely effective. Good. And I, I know it's proven with science. And, and I'm all for anybody doing whatever works for them. But I figured I'd throw it out there because I remember Noah Galloway said that he does it on the show we were on. So it's like, okay, oh, I got to gotta finally check this out. Figures physical fitness. Our, one of our listeners, uh, Andy, Audacious Andy. You yeah. see her po- that's tremendous. Seeing her, she's always out there getting after it. So uh, that's good to tap into, man. Uh, I, I, Yeah, I probably would enjoy it. But I still do enjoy doing my own thing because – Working out to me again, running spiritually. I, I, I push myself on my workouts, but I do enjoy being by myself with the headphones in or watching my own TV downstairs while I'm working out. So, uh, yeah, but classes helps people. Sometimes people need that motivation. I know who's our, who's our seal buddy. Uh, okay. What's his name? 
Um, oh, Jake's way. <laughs> Jake, I know he doesn't. He doesn't care for the the the, the classroom atmosphere of sure. everybody pushing each other. But some people that need some people need that. They need that. To, and if Orange Theory is there, did, did you get that teamwork feel though? That there were people motivating you, or was it more of yeah? And it's, it's individual in the sense that so you're looking at screens and you're seeing how everybody's heart rate is. So you know you don't want to be the person who's in the red. <laughs> They're heart shaming rate. you, dude. It's a shame. Yeah, a little bit. But <laughs> Noah Galloway said it is true. Like if I'm next to an elderly woman right and she's working her ass off but she's working her ass off at like a moderate jog and her heart rate is super fast in order for me to be at that same heart rate i'm gonna have to be really pushed that actually is pretty cool yeah that's cool so it it kind of evens the playing field it it, you know because you're my what what gets my heart rate up is not the same as what's going to get a more obese person's heart rate up so it levels the playing field of if you're working hard you're going to earn these points on the board it's, it's it's definitely a cool concept, um, but yeah, I think we said we were going to wrap up like twenty minutes. I know ago, I, I got I got one thing I want to say about Ty, Tyrone's memorial here, I, guys. On May fifteenth, uh, uh, May fifteenth, Tyrone they'll be dedicating a uh, park Tyro, a park to to Rome in Oregon City. So if you're in Oregon City or you want to shoot anything to the city to to dedicate anything or say you know thanks to tyrone of his service or just say hi to cheryl his mom is setting this up that's where she's at um there is an email here it's k brown at orcity.org k brown so kilo bravo romeo oscar whiskey november at oscar romeo charlie india tango yankee.org and just say on May 15th, if you can be there, if you're in Oregon and you want to show up to the dedication, uh, look on the Oregon City webpage or shoot an email to to uh, to Kristen Brown there and uh, attend. But yeah, they're, they're, his mom got him to dedicate a park to him there at his hometown, Oregon City. And she's still working on getting in that, you know, the uh, Congressional Gold Medal, which they should have, but... It was shot down and uh, it was Pat was it was passed. We, we, we stayed. It was passed in the House and shot down in the Senate or vice versa. I, I don't remember exactly. I know like the bill made it to the floor and then didn't pass. Yeah, something like, something that. like that. But there, his mom is still and I, they definitely deserve it. Politics be damned. Pull it out of there. Those guys, if they were in the military, they would have gotten the Medal of Honor for what they did, especially Tyrone because of what he did the entire night. But also Bub, Bub saved two lives by getting that plane to us. And then he sacrificed himself. I don't know what's more honorable than that. And Tyrone, you know, he was our medic the whole night and doing things, patching us up, fighting, and then coordinating a lot of the medical stuff for the people that were severely injured. Uh, or the people that were not severely, but at that time he was one of the severely, but like myself. And, and Oz actually got hit with a piece of shrapnel that night. Tig got blown up. So um, Tyrone would have gotten the Medal of Honor as well. So if you're in in Oregon City or you want to send something by May 15th, uh, that's when they'll do the dedication of the Tyrone Woods Memorial Park there in Oregon City. That's perfect. Check it out, guys. That's all for this episode of the Battle Line Podcast, but we'll be back on Monday with more American Straight Talk. Until then, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Battle Line Podcast and on Twitter at Battle Line Pod. To sign up for future Battle Line tactical courses, go to www.christantoperanto.net. Believe in yourself. 
face all challenges head on, and as always, never quit.